One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission, to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now. Whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremover.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, Fake Instagram accounts. Get in touch with us at contentremover.com. Paul Moore. Hello, back. Francis Lee. What's going on? <laughs> Francis, I haven't been called that in a while. Have you not? No, nah, mate. No. Is that your real name? No, no, no. Oh, it's, <laughs> nah, not. it's not even I'm real. I'm a footballer called Francis Lee. Play for Man City. Francis Lee. Uh, Francis Lee. Oh, Long, man. like in the fifties or something. <laughs> mate, that's throwing it way back. Obviously, obviously, you've been on the uh, been on the show before. We are now in your studio. We are in my studio. And do you know what, mate? I feel a bit, I feel. Like massively privileged to be in it because you said there's not many people coming here. No, no one wants to come to South Shields. Before, before we even start, right? You know how much money it costs to set up, start, run a podcast, right? This this room, I'm just looking around it right now. Soundproofed, soundproofed. Yeah. Would cost a fucking fortune. It wasn't there. Uh, it wasn't cheap. It's a big investment, but sometimes you got to make them, right? If you want, if you're gonna do yeah. something, like do it properly. Yeah, and yeah. since we last spoke, Master Coach of the Year. Two time now, two times running, yeah. Two times, just to give people a bit of a, a bit of an insight, a little bit of a throwback into into that. Like, no. what what was it? Would you say that made you want to be a coach in the fucking first place? That's funny that because I didn't. <laughs> it's mad. So I ended up stumbling into coaching and mentoring. Like my speaking coach goes crazy about this because I get asked this like when I'm on the stage and sometimes I talk about it and he's like, no. You don't want people to think you stumbled into it, but the reality is I did. So back in 2014, I spoke about this on numerous podcasts. I had a meltdown, was suicidal, got my shit together. I started talking about how I was doing it. And hundreds and hundreds of people started reaching out to me. Paul, can you help me? Paul, can you do this? Paul, how have you done it? Paul, how have you turned your life around? How did you get off their meds? How did you get your shit together? How did you lose five stone? How have you done all of this? And I was like, well, I kind of have to help. So I started off with just a couple of guys who I knew from before, and then it just... It kind of exploded, and I suppose actually I owed it, and I still feel like this now, I owe it to people to share the skills that I've got, the tools that I've got, the knowledge that I've got, the experience that I've got. Do you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, why I do so much yeah. for free. It's why I put out so much content. It's why I do so many podcasts because I owe it to people to, I kind of want people to feel like I do, and I want people to experience the transformation that I've had. And if I didn't, it would be really selfish. And I also believe, frankly, that, I get asked a lot because I, obviously I get approached by a lot of people who are struggling, who are low. And they ask me, like, what's the point? Like, what's the purpose of life? And no one can really explain that. And, uh, you'll hear hippies like be like, oh, the purpose of life is to be happy. I'm like, well, happiness is just an emotion. You don't experience any emotion all of the time. Like the subject of the law of impermanence. So I believe that the purpose of life is two things. Growing, so growth. Um, so the first part is growth. And that's why life will always find a way to remind you. So that even... So, so even if you avoid dis- the discomfort of growth, you're still end up uncomfortable anyway. So one of the purposes of life is growth and expansion. And the second one is contribution. So I believe that this is why most of the people that end up 
in a low place. They've always isolated themselves. They always end up isolated and lonely because they're not contributing to the world. So I believe that it's my, I feel like I've got a bit of a moral and ethical duty to contribute what I've learned and the experience that I've had to the world. Because you've got to pick your heart at the end of the day, haven't you? Because like, you know, you, it, it's hard, like you say, to to get that kind of, to be always seeking th- that growth over here, but it's but it's hard to be in that pain over here. Well, as it's well. easy to. It, we always think about this, right? We we, we kind of will always choose to seek out the thing that'll make us the most comfortable. Normally, that's why people they call it self sabotage. But I'm like, actually, what you did was you chose what thing was going to give you the most benefit in the moment. Do you know what I mean? You just did something yeah. that gave you the most benefit, the most payoff, made you the most comfortable at the time. So I learned something from. A guy called Dr. John Demartini back in 2020. He's a wizard. Right before the lockdown. He's a wizard, mate. He, mate, he's so smart. You know, he's one of the only people. So I love a live event. I know we're going to that Joe Dispenza thing, right? We will talk I, about mate, that in a bit. I mate. can't wait to get. I love being on the stage at live events. I love running live events. I've got one tomorrow. Going to be at one tonight. Darren's old, old Darren's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love a live event. I love being around people. It's mad because in 2014, I hated people. I hated myself actually in 2014. I was isolated. I moved to Spain where I didn't know anyone because I was like, people are this, people are that. But anyway, I love being around people. I love being on a stage. I love being at those events. And Dr. John Demartini is one of the only people who prefer to uh, consume his content online because he's so smart that I can't keep up with what he's saying. And I can't hit pause when I'm in the room with him. And there's only so many times you can say, say that again, John. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I learned from him. He said something that I was like, this explained a lot for me. You can either seek out challenge that inspires you or attract challenge that drains you. And what I mean by that is life will always find a way to remind you that it's not about being comfortable. So the examples are, if you avoid the discomfort of going to the gym and working out and doing what it is you do, you end up anyway with the discomfort of being fat, lethargic, and sick all the time. You end up, if you're in a business, you, you avoid the discomfort of making uncomfortable calls, sending uncomfortable emails, getting uncomfortable behind camera, for example. Then you end up with a discomfort of having no money and your business falling apart. Same with relationships. You avoid uncomfortable conversations, you end up with a discomfort of a shit marriage. You know what I mean? Like, so this comfort, this comfort life doesn't exist. It's about growth. So the, the kind of, the challenge-free life is that we all look for that we it's all look unavoidable, for unavoidable yeah it's unavoidable unavoidable you see anytime we'll always we'll, i'll choose the most comfortable version but then you end up sometimes with just the discomfort of guilt or regret or do you know what i mean do you feel, yeah i mean i'm going through a similar thing at the moment with with everything you know australia do i stay in australia i've been there eight years it's very comfortable mm-hmm. it's very comfortable to stay there i've podcasted with lots of top guests there until or, it isn't until it isn't. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, There's yeah, loads yeah, of things yeah, yeah. that are comfortable until it isn't. So me, we had this conversation fairly often. We're, we're actually struggling to get the right people in place to join our team. Like our team's fucking sick. High energy, all hustlers, um, all go the extra mile. Just th- This is a, a very high, pa- fast pace is what I would call it. We're struggling to find people. And sometimes I think, is it? do we even need these people or could we just keep things ticking over? Yeah, because it's comfortable. It's yeah. hard finding these people. Taking a risk on hiring somebody because they could be shit. They could make a mistake that fucks a lot of things up. But at the same time, I'm like, there'll only be a certain period of time where I'll stay comfortable, and then I'll start getting the itch. I'll be uncomfortable eventually. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy to rest and sit back, and people talk about comfort zones, but that kind of doesn't exist because you end up uncomfortable in that comfort zone anyway. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes I'll be like that with. 
Um, it's easier to coast and cruise again until it isn't. It always ends up uncomfortable anyway, particularly if you if you're ambitious because someone will just come knocking at your door. You'll be like, in your in your your mind will keep telling you you need to move. You need to move. And I said this yesterday. This happens when people are triggered by other people's success. Like right, they'll yeah, stay yeah, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. They'll see someone else growing, and that'll make them feel uncomfortable. So th this, uh, yeah, this is a this constant growth and constant challenge for me. I find that electrifying. Like I'm, I'm inspired by again not doing things that I hate all the time, but doing things that seem beyond my current level of ability or that require me to become more than who I am now. So what, what kind of excites you in terms of what you're going to try and achieve at the moment? Oh, right now, so I have this, I have a very exciting mission. I'm trying to impact as many people as I can. I'm trying to get better at jujitsu. I'm trying to be the best dad and husband that I can. Um, and that requires constant improvement. So in terms of my mission, I'm looking to, I don't want to say grow my following, but impact more people. And growing your following is a part of that, right? Getting on TV is something that I want to do. Um, I'm not, not like fucking Love Island or anything like that. <laughs> Could my you imagine would, it? My wife would, fucking, wife, my wife would kill, you. kill me. It's mad we had Frank Chris Williamson on the podcast, and he was the first ever Love Island guy. Mm. It's mad that, isn't it? But Chris, Chris, but Chris is not your typical. Like, no, he he's not your typical Love Island guy no. because obviously he's very astute in business. He's got a phenomenal podcast. Made too. He quickly realised that as well. He quickly realised I'm not. I don't know if I should be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like. It's it's for me that constant, what stages can I get on? I want to speak on a stage with Tony Robbins. Do you know what I mean? I want to get this person on me. I, I just want to do all this shit. And I find that quite, do you know what, Frankie? What I'd say is what inspires me is shit that I don't know how to do. Like, think about yeah, this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I say to the guys that I'm coaching, I'm like, do you know, if your goal is something that you know how to do or think that you can do, those are usually the ones that you don't hit. It's not that they're too hard because you know how to. It's not that too boring. So I'm inspired by, there's a ring light just gone on under the table. It's just came on. <laughs> sorry. sorry. I was like, what the fuck's that? So, so I'm, I, I'm inspired by things that I don't know how to do that I have to figure out. Like I'm super inspired by that challenge. How am I going to do that? Because if, if you think about this as well, the proudest moments of your life, the things that you're most proud of and they fill you with joy when you talk about them, that you're like, yeah, I did that. At some point you didn't know how to. Know what I mean? Like all those big things. What have you achieved this year? Well, I did this. At some point, I didn't know how I was going to fucking do it. No fucking way. Um, what inspires me about being a dad is essentially like people talk about legacy on that. Like that's not ultimate legacy. Like two your kids child, that your child, love yeah. their life, that know how to handle life, that know how to handle themselves, that they're inspired by me. My kids are in on everything. Like they, they, they came out to Puerto Rico with me. They got flown out of Puerto Rico for this Gary V gig. They were only kids there. They loved it. They're, they're, they're in my live show. They're coming to Darren's show tonight. They're coming to jujitsu with me. They train jujitsu. Like I love having them as, that inspires me, is leading by example. Because kids copy off you whether you like it or not. They copy the good stuff. They copy the bad stuff. So I just like to involve them in my life. So that inspires me. And then obviously getting better at jujitsu inspires me. So I'm, I am, do, can you remember when you were younger, you always had a mate that loved the chase of a girl. <laughs> love chasing. I was like that as well. I'd love the chase, and then you you get with them. You'd be like, eh. I love the chase of going after my dreams. So ultimately, I'm not even that yeah, bothered yeah, yeah. about the end result because I've achieved things where I'm like, eh. I mean, back in 2014, mate, fucking hell, I was living in Marbella with a four bedroom villa and a private pool, two kids, hot wife. Uh, I, I was probably doing about 30 grand a month profit in my business, 
and it didn't feel anything like what I thought it would because at that point in my life, I'd actually stopped. What gives me a sense of purpose is going after this stuff, not yeah. hating the journey either. And that's after like, you, I'm excited by the chase. And that's after you'd sold the email, the um, not the email business. You sold the the supplement business, supplement business, and you sold that for you sold that for a couple of million. Yeah. You're like, not yeah. a couple of million, no. But you no, got you got out for a large. Well. You did. You, I did very. You well. did very well, didn't you? Yeah, I did very well. And then obviously you find yourself in Marbella now, feeling empty because everything you'd lent your ladder against this wall, and when you got to the top yep. of this fucking ladder, you realised, well, hang on a minute, that's not even. It didn't feel anything like what I thought it would when I was twenty-one, and the challenge that I had along that way is that I hated the journey as well. Like I hated it. It felt like I was suffering the whole way. So, so. If someone's going through life right now and they feel like everything they're, they're doing, they feel like it's a push or a suffer or they've got to just keep trying to charge uphill, mm -hmm. that's when you should take a break then and reassess everything you're A little bit. On. I think that sometimes you have to eat shit. Like our, our whole team right now, because we can't find these people, we're all the capacity. Like we're having to say no to a lot of opportunities right now simply because we can't take it. I was talking about your book deal before. I was saying if I get off of a book deal right now, I just would have to say no. Not right now because I haven't got the capacity to take it on. So we're at capacity, like time-wise, energy-wise right now. I can't say yes to anything else. But I think if you, th there's a difference between having to eat shit for a little bit. So we're going through a bit of pain right now in terms of work. But there's also deliberately building plans that you hate doing. I'm, I'll never get that. Like I've gone through periods of my life where I have to do things that I don't particularly want to do. I'll, I'll, like, for example, this is the most low-level example ever, but I hate doing PowerPoint slides. But the reality is I have to do them. Yeah. No one else is going to do them. I mean, they could, but they wouldn't be what I wanted. So I have to do these. But what I'm saying is if you're going through this constantly, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, sometimes it's just about finding a different way. Do you know what I mean? So how do you change your mindset in that moment to make it a way that you want to do it? So how can I get the goal? This is a question that I love. How can I get to this end point, given that I hate doing this? So, for example, in 2020, I got in the shape of my life, and I hate weight training, right? I find it incredibly boring. It is boring. Picking things up and putting them back down. Pointless. That's what it is. Pick it up, put it back down. Some people love it. I don't. I find it a bit boring. So, in 2020, I thought to myself, right, I've got a bit extra time now. There's no events. Well, I wasn't speaking anyway. I wasn't being able to put events on. So, I had a bit extra time like everyone did in lockdown. And I thought, right, I know that weight training, if you want to get fucking jacked and shredded, you kind of can't not do weight training, right? Almost anyone you see using the shape that you want to be in lifts weights. So I was like, how can I get in shape given that I don't like lifting weights? So I just trained jujitsu, which is, there's a little bit of, there's quite a lot of strength work and actually you're obviously picking another man up. Rather than picking a barbell up, you're going to pick another man up or a woman or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or anything that's in between these days. Um, <laughs> I'm have it up. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, so, like, I, I'm like, how can I get in the best shape of my life given that I hate weight training? And the great news about that is I have to figure my way out. I have to figure my way around it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have to go around that. So then I'm like, in my business, I'm like, how can I build, because I'm, I'm not bothered about admitting this, how can I build a seven-figure business, which we did in 2021, we did, sorry, in 2020, we did a mill last year, we did 1.4. And I've got no qualms talking about that because I help fucking thousands of people. I help thousands of people for free and I help hundreds yeah, of people yeah, in a yeah. paid program. No problem with that whatsoever. But my thing is, I'm looking at, I don't, no one gets into business to do things that they hate. No one. I didn't start a business to do things that I hate all the time. So my thing is, okay, how can I build this business given that we don't want to do sales calls, for example. Like we don't do any sales calls. You just want to attract inbound leads. How do I do it? 
Yeah. How do I build a seven-figure business without um, DMing people on fucking LinkedIn all the time? It's just not my game. And what that does is, is it gets it gets me creative. So I'm like, how I want this goal. And by the way, it maybe take a little bit longer. Like it probably took me a bit longer to get in shape, but I didn't fucking hate the journey, which meant that when I got there, I stayed there. Because it, it was more fulfilling along the way. Yeah. So because you'll see this all the time, especially with people getting in shape, or get in shape and then get fat again, because they did something that wasn't sustainable and that they hated. Like there's no a happy ending to an unhappy journey. Full stop. Like if the journey's and, unhappy, I'm gonna guarantee you when you get there, it fucking sucks. And when you do get there, like you say, you've got. You're now left there with this this end goal that you wanted, but something you cannot take forward for the rest of your life yeah. because it was such a soul-destroying mission on yeah. the whole point of just getting to this yeah. point. It's just like completely you're exhausted and it tends to not feel anything like you thought it would when you got there and you can't stay there because the work that you have to do to stay there, you hate it along the way. Unless you can find somebody else to take some of the shit on. If I do, mate, I mean, fucking hell, I didn't do my first full-time hire. Bear in mind, I went self-employed in 2002 early 2002. So I've been self-employed for 21 years, right? My first full-time hire was only two years ago. So I'm, when people say, oh, it's all right for you, I'm like, well, actually, I did 19 years on my own. Sure, I had subcontractors and fucking VAs and that. Now I have a full-time team. We have a couple of virtual people as well. Um, but it's not, I, I had to do a lot of eating shit. But along the way, I'm like, when, when we bring things in now, I'm like, okay, who else can do that? Or can we just fuck it off? There are some things where I'm just like, do you know what? I'm not going to do that at all. It's fine. So we're like, okay, I don't want to do sales calls. We don't want to do this fucking outbound fucking, as soon as someone follows you, send them a DM because I fucking hate that. There's just loads of things inside the business that I don't want to do. But still with, even with training as well, I'm like, can I do it a different way? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. Who's prepping meals on a fucking Sunday afternoon? So, so how can people then get straight in their mind exactly what they want to achieve? Because I find a lot of people put together this, this goals list and a lot of the goals that they put on the fucking list to achieve aren't their actual true calling. They're not actually their true goals. They're, they're, goal, they're goals that people put on their list because their mate wants to do it or because, or because it's, it's trying to attain some money form or, or one thing or another or some status so that so I, uh, I, uh, I love this question mate and I, and I think that we could go like uh, the cheesiest answer which I kind of like is who do you want to become but I think that's a little bit cheesy like because goals the point of a goal isn't about getting the goal it's about who you get to become on the way I like that but it still doesn't help it, it makes a, it, it'll have you have a mindset shift because you think about this you overcome you overcome you overcome obstacles you overcome hurdles and you become somebody new I'm not even close to the same guy I was even two years ago. So on the way to on hitting those goals, I've become somebody different. So that's an important mindset shift to have. But I think the second piece of this is I work backwards from like three years time. Now, I'm, I don't have a three-year plan. I have a three-year vision. So I have a very Why solid three? picture. Why three? Because I can't remember what I was doing more than three years ago. So I think sometimes five years, the problem with five years for me is it's more in context. I can see that a bit more. Five years, fucking hell, I can't even picture that. And again, if I look at what I was doing five years ago, I can't really remember. But I could roughly tell you what I was doing in 2019. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, and I think sometimes when it's too far away, that can lead to quite a lot of procrastination as well. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's five years away, it don't matter. Even a year's time, oh, it doesn't matter. So what we do is I start three years time and, and I have... I have seven pages on this and they're not really goals, it's just what my life looks like. 
Where am I living? Where am I traveling to? Who am I spending my time with? Who's in my network? Uh, how do I spend my weekends? Uh, how do I spend my summers? How do I spend my winters? Uh, so you've got a page on each of these, yeah, each of these topics? Yeah, describing my life. It's describing my life. And then, so that's the creative element of it. Because I'm, I think what you're describing there is what most people do is they'll just write what they think they should. So what I do is, we actually, I learned a method. It's called the hot pen technique. I actually teach this inside of my coaching programs where you have to set a timer for 30 minutes and you have to complete the sentence. Um, I am so happy and grateful um, for what I've achieved. My life has been a great success because, and then that makes you be descriptive, right? But the reason you have to set a timer is because for the first 10 minutes, you'll write down the shit you always write. Like after 10 minutes, so in this exercise, you're not allowed to stop writing. You have to keep writing because... Once you get past that 10 minutes, that'll be like your conscious mind will come up with everything. The same shit you always write. The same cookie cutter bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Same standard. The, 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 the lies that we all tell ourselves. I've got a six pack. I've got a successful business. But then after 10 minutes, you run out of things to write. And that's when your unconscious will start to come alive. That's when your feeling center comes up rather than your thinking center. So after 10 minutes, I find people start to struggle. But then they'll start to come up with the fucking gold because they've got nothing left in the 5% of their conscious mind. They've got fuck all left. So they have to start being really creative with what they're writing. And that's when they start to get excited, right? They get really excited about it because I think that everyone knows what they want, but they get so caught up in what we spoke about at the start, the how-to, and that's when all that bullshit comes up. That's when all, where all their excuses are. That's when we're, well, that's when the it's different for me stories start coming up. That's when the well, my town's different. My upbringing was different. I can't do that. I don't know enough. That comes up pretty fast. So after 10 minutes, your mind will start running out of things to say. So I do that exercise and then I just reverse engineer it. I love that saying, reverse engineer. So then I start getting more mechanical, right? How will I know I'm a third of the way towards that vision? That's where my goals start coming out. Then from that, how will I know I'm a quarter of the way towards those 12-month goals. Yeah. They become my 90-day targets. Now, they're really fucking clear now. That's when you probably start to say they're more specific. That's not specific at all. Like, that yeah. story three years down the line, that's not specific. There's not even any numbers in it. There's one number in mind, and that's, I've got two helicopters. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> only one. Only, you only need one helicopter, don't you? So, um, I just work backwards, and I go from being creative to mechanical. So, I go 90 days, then I'm go okay, what are the goals this month? What are the goals this week? So I'm essentially, the reason I'm able to be inspired quite a lot, and I'm not motivated all the time. I'm not fucking energized all of the time. I'm human, right? right. I'm happy all the time. I'm not positive all the time. But what I am is inspired all of the time because essentially what I've figured out that I'm able to do and what I'm able to teach is I can take that three-year three vision that makes me balls tingle, right? And I can chunk it down so small that I can do something that moves me a little bit closer to it every day. So you're just basically extrapolating the process. Yeah. And I just reverse engineering, I shrunk it down. It's like, we, we talked about books a couple of times today, which I don't know whether that's a coincidence or a fucking serendipity, right? When you're writing a book, writing a book seems very overwhelming. It is, right? It's fucking thousands and thousands of words. But if you shrunk that down so much and said, well, can you write a sentence today? Probably can. So it's like a sentence, it's almost a word at a time. I'm able to take my book vision my fucking Lord of the Rings vision and just write a sentence every day or write a word every day. Not even a page, just a word It's just every all day. about getting those reps in, getting yeah. those reps in. Yeah. Const the constant... That's how everything's the done. The constant pursuit of doing the 1% yeah. that you should be doing every yeah, day. Yeah, and that vision, here's what's clear. We've talked about dispenser already. 
here's what's clear. If I'm not compelled by that vision and it's not exciting to me, it's no wonder I keep going around in fucking circles. Do you know what I mean? That vision excites, and it's got to be in my awareness though. Because he says, and I love this saying a lot, it's easy to forget your future, but nobody ever forgets the past. I, this Joe Dispenza thing makes me nervous as fuck. Like, but excited nervous. Obviously nervous energy and excitement, same energy, right? But this is completely out of my comfort zone. And I, when you, I, it's, it's weird when you messaged me on Instagram saying yeah. that you're going to this event. Yeah. I was like, "Fucking hell!" It's, like, mad, I, it's mad how this works. Do you know what's even madder? I've known about Dispenza since 2017, and a friend of mine was like, "Get onto this guy." And I was like, "It's fucking hippie bullshit, that quantum fucking field, fuck off." And honestly, only this year's when I've really January, I started listening to more of his podcasts. I did two of his books. I, I did Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and You Are the Placebo, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did those two. Started to get a little, there's still some bits where I'm like, mm, eh. but I started to be able to understand it on a more practical level. And then I bought one of his courses and it blew me fucking head off. It blew me head off. It's called The Formula. And I bought this course. It's mad because all of my programs are online, but I'm terrible at online learning. Terrible really bad at it. The amount of money I've spent on courses and not even logged in, unbelievable. So this course, I was like, for, I did a couple of courses last year that I actually completed, but I just said every Sunday, every Sunday evening I have a sauna and I've got this set up in my house where I've got a, I've managed to get an iPad holder on the back of my bathroom door and I can open the bathroom door while I'm in the sauna, I can watch online trainings. Yep. What's great about that is I can't, the reason I'm shit at online trainings is I get distracted. I get distracted. Well, I better check Facebook. While he, I'll just check it for a minute. And then but 20 minutes. He's dragged gone. into the vortex. I just, yes. So when I'm in the sauna, I can't do that. Because Bluetooth speakers, that's there. I've got me. So I did a couple of courses last year. I did really well. Anyway, I was like, right, I'm going to sign up for this dispenser course. It's 12 modules. I'll do it. I'll do a module a week. Eight days in, I'd completed it. Eight days. So my 90 day goal was to finish the formula. And I finished it in eight days instead of 90. Because I just, what he was saying just at this point in my life resonated with me so much. And it's mad, you know, on Tuesday, I did a charity Q&A for Andy's Man Club. And it was a Q&A and someone said, what are your three non-negotiables every day? My answer will probably be different, but I said at the day, journaling, uh, meditation, and uh, some form of, right now it's ice baths, right? Yep. Even as far back as three years ago, I would have took the piss out of all three of them things. At some point in my life, I've took the piss out of journaling. But fucking teenage girls are... For teenage girls are fucking fucking journalists for teenage girls took the piss out of it. The second one, meditation. I definitely took the piss out of that at some point. Me like fuck fucking hippies that hippie bullshit that. Third one, ice bath. That's for fucking idiots. Why the fuck would you want to do that? That's fucking stupid. But it's mad that isn't it's, it? It, it? I is think we mock the things that we don't understand. I didn't understand any of those things. I wasn't ready for them. Breath breath work and meditation changed my fucking life, mate. Mm -hmm. It did change my life. And when I I've had a little bit of a, a break from it at the moment, and I feel it. Do you know what I mean? I feel it. I feel My wife knows I when I haven't done it. Yeah. yeah She's like, yeah. you haven't done your meditation today. I haven't even told her anything. Yeah. You haven't done it today, have you? It, I, I always feel more highly stressed when I've not meditated, mm -hmm. when I've not done any form of breath work. I feel like I'm going, it's weird. I feel like I'm going faster, but not getting any further. Does that sound weird? No, because because I, I'm always, I'm always really hard on myself. And, I, on the days when I haven't done anything, 
the the beat up that I give myself is fucking unbelievable, mate. I'll get to the end of the day and I'm I'm tired of myself because I fucking <laughs> smashed myself to pieces yeah. that much. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because when you when you're like us, because obviously me and you are real fucking hyperactive people. We're fucking, but we're yeah, go get us. Go, trying to fucking move things along. Mm. Me and you push shit. Mm. Me and you always pushing shit uphill, right? Mm. Our like so your earlier life, not so much now because you've built the team. But me with this podcast and trying to achieve everything, it's like push, I'm push, 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 shit push. uphill with a caravan attached to me ass. Yeah, exactly. Like push, 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 and it's like you, you sometimes, you sometimes just need to get into flow so you're flowing rather than rather than always trying to push yeah. everything yeah and and, it, and it's funny you know because this dispenser meditation is very different than the meditation i've been doing since 2015 very different because the meditation that i've been doing since 2015 i've done uh what's called ascension meditation which which, which is what i learned from the ashaya monks and then i've done transcendental meditation as well and what is the f pivotal difference so these two them? things them two things are both pretty much the same right they're, they're very much using mantras as your anchor so meditation. So I am. Yes. I am this. Yeah, I am. Or, or just the one I got from transcendental meditation. It's not even a real word. It's a Sanskrit thing, right? So essentially, these are just used as. Do you know when you're doing? You they get you to focus on your breath, so you don't focus on your thoughts, right? So these mantras are so you'll know as soon as you lie down, you'll start. Actually, I've dispenser's got me sitting up. I'm sitting up now for meditation, which I've always lay down, always. So he's got me sitting up, which means I'm not falling asleep. <laughs> Right. Because, yeah, because when you because as soon as you as soon as your body lays down, it's been taught to taught to find rest. Yeah, and you know even, I mean? well, even seating, like you think about it, people are like, "Oh, well, like, you're supposed to empty your mind." I'm like, "You're not. How would you? You're supposed to be. You're supposed to be." Well, someone spoke to me on Instagram. Started having a. You're all supposed to empty your mind. I'm like, "Well, how would you know you've emptied your mind? Like, how would you know? You wouldn't know, would you? Because you, if you knew, that means you're thinking." <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Oh, I emptied my mind. Oh no, I haven't because I'm thinking it's bullshit. That right? Emptying your mind of thoughts is fu it cannot happen. You not even when you're asleep. You, you're not. You're not meant to, with meditation. From my personal experience, you're not meant to empty your mind. You're meant to just come back into your body. Dive. That's what you do with breath. So mantras are just come. Mantras are used to bring you back to the mantra. So you've got something to put your attention on. Right. I first started meditating. The first thing I ever learned, and I really love doing this still is I just count my breaths and see how far I can get before I get distracted. My number's like 90-something. I know someone that's like 600. They've managed to count to 600 in their head without getting distracted. That's meditation. So you get distracted, you come back to your number. You get distracted, you come back to your breath. You get distracted, you come back to your mantra. You just remember. But Dispenza's meditation is very active. It's yeah. active. It's a very active style of meditation. It's got me with fucking headphones on and a fucking eye mask. Honestly, because I flew Emirates, flown Emirates so many times, I've got so many eye masks at home that I'd never use. You know, when you get the yeah, the little, they're good. Uh, they're good eye masks too. Oh, mate, they're great. You <laughs> get the eye masks, you get the earplugs, you get amazing moisturizer, you get the toothbrush. In my house, I've got toothbrushes, <laughs> loads of earplugs that no one uses, and eye masks. But I'm using eye masks all the time. The kids are like, "Dad, you left your eye mask here again." I'm like, "Oh, that's a different one, man." But he's got me with an eye mask on. It's just more active. Like the one that I'm doing right now is what? What are the thoughts that you don't want to think? What are the behaviours that you don't want to um, take into your future? Very, is it very confronting? Very, a little bit. It's just very active. Like there's quite a lot of thinking. And then there's the bit of visualisation. So if the visualisation hasn't really been my deal forever. I'm like, I just do the work, mate. But he's like, visualise your future. What? How do you want to behave today? What do you want your future? Give your body a taste of your future, which I really love. Call up a feeling. 
picture yourself with that feeling. So for me right now, it's actually smashing me London show. That's my focus right now. 9th of July, London show, tear it up. Um, so he's calling up a feeling, which is amazing that if you think about this, right? You can have a thought, you can think about something and your body will change the way it feels. Like quite literally, your brain, you can think about, so a question that I love is what are you really excited about right now? And you will hear someone start talking about what they're excited about. You'll actually see their body change right in front of you. They'll start moving more. They'll start talking faster. You'll not be able to shoot them up. The volume of their voice might go up. All they've done is, is recall a thought. That's it. How amazing is that? Isn't it? I just, it's amazing, it, isn't it? It's, it's just your body will respond to to the you where can, you place your attention, where you, where place, you place your, your energy. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So you can you can literally make put yourself in some form of pain in your mind. You can create emotions and, on and, demand, and you can create that within your body on demand. It's mad, and and you can and it, it'll just go right the way through you. Yeah, well, look, when you get goosebumps. So I didn't, I didn't know. Well, you get a heart, mate. I've been on TRT for a few weeks. You know. Oh, how's that going? And mate, I can get a heart on instantly. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing with the TRT thing. I want to be open about this is the challenge that I had was I didn't have low testosterone. Right. But a friend of mine started a company um, called Alphagenics and he started talking about all these things with testosterone. I was like, this is really interesting, this. I didn't have all of the symptoms. Like I had no pro- I had to do, I still have to do a handstand and have a piss every morning because I'm waking up in a tent. <laughs> waking up in a tent at a teepee every morning. And, but he described some of the symptoms. Like actually I do take a little bit. I'm a 42 as well do take a little bit longer to recover from exercise. Yes, I do get frequent bouts of tiredness. Yes, this does happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I'm, I feel like I'm losing a bit of muscle mass even though I'm training. I'm still lifting, but just twice a week. Anyway, so I, I had a test and my testosterone came back as normal. And my friend said, well, that's not optimal. I was like, oh, that's... Uh, oh, uh, that's... It's like not that. optimal. So, yeah, not... So I, I started taking it and right now... I could sit here, close my eyes. I'm not going to do it on a podcast on YouTube. <laughs> but I could think about, think about this. I could think about my wife with nout on. Yeah. Right? And get a stiffy. Isn't mm. that mad how your body can do that? Yeah. yeah, yeah you think yeah, about yeah. that. And people I, I, I love it. I love it how you've, you've brought TRT and a hard on into meditation. There you go. But this is, this is why I love you, Paul, because it's, you just fucking, you, you, you make it relatable into everyday life. I've got nothing to fucking hide either, mate. Yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, I was talking to, actually, I did an interview this morning for this gig I'm doing with Stephen Bartlett. And they were like, the reason I want you on, Paul, is like, you, you're not, it's not that I don't give a fuck what people think. I'm like, why would I hide it? It could come out anyway. I mean, you've dealt with a lot of that, right? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not going to hide it. I own all of my imperfections and all of my insecurities, not because I don't give a fuck what people think, but someone will point them out anyway. There's yeah. nothing you can say what, about me that I haven't already said. What, what, whatever, p- people are always going to have an opinion on you anyway. So what, Who's going to have it's, a worse opinion on me than I have about yeah, myself? Yeah, 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 you said it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one can say anything to me yeah. that I haven't already called myself. Yeah. Oh, tr- trust me, like, at the end of the day, right, there's a lot of people out there that kind of are worried about what other people think and all this, that, but yeah. it's really, there's really no point to it because at the end... At well, the most end, people don't... No, most people who would think, will worry about the thing, they don't fucking care. They're not bothered because they're too worried about what you think of them. They're too worried about what everyone else... Like, most people don't care enough to even give us an opinion. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. People have got other shit going on because we're not this... We, I think one of the challenges that we have is, and it's weird... I think loud people and and people like me and people that tend to who you think don't give a shit actually, I think that they get a bit of a rough rap when it comes to like ego. You consider there for a second. 
ego is when you can't get over yourself. Ego is to keep you safe. And this so actually, is getting the people over that are the quietest, the people that are most shy, the people that are the m- most worried about what people think, actually have the biggest egos because they can't get over themselves. They think, and this was me, I thought that I was the star of everybody else's movie. I was so worried about what they thought. But actually, I'm not the star of their movie. They are. I thought that I was the center of their universe. Think about that. If I'm worried about what someone else thinks, I think that I'm the star of their fucking movie. I'm not. They are. So once I started thinking that, I was like, well, actually, they've got their own shit going on. Do you know what I mean? Think about it. It's, it's a different way to look at it, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not more confident than anybody else. I just believe that I'm not the star of someone else's movie. Most people don't give a fuck. Someone will be offended by something that I say. Someone might give me some shit. Someone might take the piss out of my accent. Someone might say I talk too fast. I'm too loud. I'm too brash. I'm overconfident. I'm cocky. Whatever it is. But I'm like, that person's an extra in my movie. And you don't understand what that person's going through to, to, to be in that headspace to be giving that attention anyway. No. Because if, if you're giving that attention in your life and you're thinking about you and them and them, you're not thinking about yourself Everyone's and where you're going. Everyone's got their own shit going on. Everybody, I yeah. am lucky if I'm an extra in anyone else's movie today. Just an extra. I'm an extra for in your movie today. You'll probably not think about me tomorrow because you'll have other shit going on, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Some on the internet, I'll, I'm probably in their movie for fucking 30 seconds a day. Do you know what I mean? I, sometimes I'll wake up for some reason on a Friday and a Saturday. In fact, I can tell the exact reason because they're full of booze and sniff. But on a Friday and Saturday, if I wake up on a Saturday morning, wake up on a Sunday morning, I've always had little, the most abuse on socials. Because people are on the sniff, they're on the booze, I'm talking about it, they get triggered by it, they give me shit, tell me to kill myself and all that. And I'm like, when I wake up on a Saturday, Sunday morning, I go to respond and then I'm like, sometimes I can respond to someone. Usually, I'll say, I hope that made you feel better. Sometimes I'll laugh at them completely and sometimes I message them and say, dude, are you alright? Most of the time, they can't even remember typing it. It's not just because they're pissing full of booze, I'm like, because they're moving on to fucking hammering somebody else. Yeah, you know what I mean, like people, uh, we gotta uh, stop taking things so personally because what people say and do is never about us; it's yeah. about them. It, mate, I've had to learn that because I, there was a couple of YouTube comments that came on a few videos, and a fuck, it, and I was like, and I nearly went in on these people, and I'm thinking to myself, Nah, Frankie boy, just calm yourself down, mate, because at the end of the day, right, these the, these people have took time out of their day to go to your YouTube video. To watch it, and then on the 42nd fucking minute into the podcast, <laughs> they've decided to fucking unload on you because of something your guest has said that's triggered them inside yeah. them internally, yeah. right? And they've took it out on you. Well, okay, what's this person going through? What troubles are they having in their life, and how must they fucking feel internally rather than you going and adding to it and calling them a cunt? Yeah. Because that's that's the easiest... They're giving, that's, you, they're giving you 42 minutes of their life. Exactly. Exactly. Like be, oh, thank you for watching. So the, I actually got this the other day. I tend to not check YouTube comments as much. In fact, TikTok, fuck me. Those fuckers and they are ruthless, by the way. People yeah. commenting on that. I, we started it. The younger demographic, though. I get them on. I get them on. Hiding behind fucking false names, not even themselves. Yeah. There's no fucking checks to go on there. So we, are, we actually now have a TikTok. I think we're on 2,000 followers or something in like three weeks. But I, I'm not even on it. I don't even have the app. Mac puts the videos on because I got on it and I was people gave me shit. Sometimes I like to have a little bit of fun. There's one kid called Daniel Bedenfield. So clearly when he started having a dig at me, I started just singing Daniel Bedenfield songs at him. <laughs> and he didn't even know who Daniel Bedenfield was. How mad's that? Yeah, because... because Mac was like, get off there now. Yeah. I haven't got time for that. So he runs the account now. But on YouTube, we got it the other day. And actually, it was mad this. So I did the interview with Savannah Marshall. 
and uh, someone said, why'd you keep fucking interrupting her? It would be good if you didn't keep fucking interrupting her. And I commented back saying, instead of saying, start your own podcast, dickhead. You know what I mean? Do you do your own podcast? Like I, I went to go back and I was like, oh, I just get a bit overexcited sometimes. And then he came back and said, actually, it was a really good podcast. So actually, it wasn't that much of a criticism because I'm aware that I do that as well. Mm. I do get excited. I can't wait to jump in on conversations and ask another question. You'll notice I move around yeah, from topic yeah, yeah, to topic yeah, yeah. really fast. It's because I get excited because I'm passionate. Some people get triggered by it and I can't. I remember, so my first podcast guest ever was Tyson Fury and I listened to it back and I must have said, yep, about fucking 2,000 times. And I was like, I'm going to have to fucking get a handle on that. So sometimes the feedback from people can f be quite useful. Like, what if they're right? Tell tell the story about how you got Tyson Fury on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which part do you want? I, 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 I want, I want all the of it. You're not you're not you're not you're not getting Tyson Fury on the podcast without paying him a pound note. <laughs> so I'll yeah. tell you the full story. I'll tell you the full story. <laughs> so I remember 2020. In that lockdown, my business exploded a little bit because people were spending more time on the phones, more times on the laptops. I'm active on socials. And I think a few people realize, actually, things aren't okay with me. So a lot of people came my way. Obviously, I published my book. And I remember sitting in, there's a, it's a storeroom now. That used to be in my office, the little room next door. And uh, my wife said, you're fucking bored, aren't you? Things were going too well. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> you just want to burn the house down. Aye, I do get like that. I get. Yeah. I like to break things, break things off. What if we did it this way? What if we just shut that down? What if was, I'm always looking to get better, but also I like a bit of I like a bit of chaos. I don't like. I actually don't like being too rigid. So even I was talking about me, me morning rituals for I'm a fan of rituals, but I never do it in the same order. I like variety. I'm a big fan of uncertainty. I like uncertainty. That's what I like. Yeah. If it's too certain and too guaranteed, I don't thrive on it. I don't like boring. So my wife said, you're bored, aren't you? I was like, aye. She said, what do you need? I said, I'll tell you what I need. I need a book deal with a major publisher and I need to start a podcast. She was like, all right. So then we're like, who are we going to get? We made a list in this room. It was very different at the time. We made a list. We had fucking Piers Morgan on there. We had all these people on and Tyson Fury was on. Like, Let's get Tyson fucking Fury. We almost had Anthony Joshua on as well, actually. Let's get Tyson Fury on. I'm like, fuck it, let's make it happen. And I'm very aware that some of these people are not going to do podcasts for free. I mean, I've done a lot of podcasts. And miss, I've done podcasts with people that never even released that podcast. So eventually I got to the point where actually my time's really valuable. I didn't hardly do any last year because I was so busy. Yeah. So I was like, right, we're not going to get Tyson Fury on for free. I've spoken at events where I know people. I mean, I've paid to be speaking at events. So I thought, how am I going to get this guy? How, how do you get Tyson Fury on? Like, how do you do it? Impossible. So I thought, right, I'd spoken at an event with Ricky Hatton in 2019 and uh, Dean Windass, ex. Remember him? He played yeah, the whole yeah, city yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. guy, great actually. Great player, dude. actually. Yeah, too. great. Yeah, Ray Paul, I've done an event with. The guy that ran these charity events, I said, how did you get these on? He said, oh, we just spoke with an after-dinner speaker company. So I went to an after-dinner speaker company and they had Tyson Fury on. I said, listen, I'm interested in Tyson. I know everything's locked down. And I don't know if he does this, but I'll pay his fee that he would, that he would do for an after dinner speech to do a podcast. They're like, all right, uh, what would you be? What, what's your budget? It's a, it's the worst question. Who tells the truth? <laughs> if someone says, what's your budget? No one tells the truth. Do, they? do you know what I mean? It's even when you're like, what are you willing to pay? Well, I want a fucking deal. Yeah. So I offered them a number and it was high. And they came back to me and said, uh, you'll not do it for that. So I'm like, oh, okay. And I didn't want to go any higher. 
Next day, I get a random call from a girl that used to be like a runner. What did you, what did you offer? Uh, Candy bear. I think it was like 15 bags. 15 bags. Yeah, so you offered 15K. 15 15K. 15K pounds for him to come on. 15K, I think. To come on your podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew... He's got fucking eyes on him. Yeah, yeah Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. to kick it off with a bang. And to be fair, once you've had Tyson Fury on, the Book other guests anybody. are easy. Yeah. The yeah. other guests are easy. And he was fucking brilliant. And he's open. You sent me a voicemail the other week. I had a fucking boner. I came out of here. <laughs> I've done a podcast with someone in here. And Max said, you need to check your phone. I was like, what for? He said, just check it. And I got. he sent us a voice note. It was class. And uh, anyway, I got a call the next day from a girl called Natalie. She might be watching. Natalie was a, like a runner for boxing shows and I've done a few fights. I've cornered loads of people. I've got people warmed up. I've put people in the ring. I've gave people fucking gloves and gum shields who've just turned up to have a fucking dust up. And she said, Paul, can you remember Wardy? I said, I remember Wardy. She said, he wants your number. Can I give him it? I was like, all right, all right, give me number. Wardy rings us up. He's a mate of mine, Wardy, actually. Wardy said, uh, Paul, you know that you spoke about uh, Tyson at this company. How much did you offer? And I told him, he said, oh, they, they said you offered half of that. So clearly they wanted half the money. He said, he'll do it for this. If you pay him today, you come here next week and we'll do it next week. I was like, what? He says, I'm his, I'm, I do a lot of security work for him. I do, his, I do all of his after dinner stuff. I do these. Uh, he was in the ring with him at the, uh, the Dillian White fight. He was in the ring, part of his team. Um, and I was like, fuck, let's make it happen. And that was it. Yeah. So you you did get him on for the fifteen bags after all that, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell, mate. Yeah. So that that's yeah. it. That's, yeah. so that's the that's the that was the whole thing. And meeting him was uh, I was a bit worried. I was like, what's he going to be like? Is he going to be a dick? Is he going to be? Nah, Tyson sound amazing. Yeah. He didn't want to go. He's like, is that it? Maybe that happens with all the guests. You book them for a certain amount of time, and they're all they always want to stay longer. If it's a good conversation, you'll not run out of time. That's why I don't like doing them on Zoom, mate. You know what it's like. It's so mate, different. Our first podcast on Zoom, obviously I wanted to do the podcast, get it done, and I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know when the world was opening then, but this... Mate, I've done four podcasts with Smith. Yeah. He's been on mine twice. I've been on his twice. The ones we do in person are... Way a better. different planet. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, yeah. different. It's just... It's mad. People often ask, well, I've done Zoom with Ant Middleton, Sonny Webster. You'll know Sonny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've done Tony Jeffries on Zoom. Tony's a mate of mine, and I've done uh, Smith. So I've done those four on Zoom, and they're nowhere near as good as they would be if in person. Yeah, um, you just you just can't you just can't have the. I originally said that price was actually based on doing it on Zoom, but they wanted to do it in person. Actually, no, it was going to be on Zoom, and then I said, "What would have to happen for us to do it in person?" What he said, I'll come back to you, and then we made it happen in fucking Lancaster. Mad. Mad, yeah, hey, but he was great. He didn't want to go. When it's a conversation like that, it just, it flows. It's worse with the military guys. I, All the mil I've never been in the military, but every time I interview one of them, we've had Ant, we've had uh, Jay Morton, we've had uh, Martin Stapledon, we've had Ollie Ollerton. Um, every time I've had a conversation with those guys, it just goes on and on and on because they're filthy like me. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> They've got filthy sense of humour and it just, it, it goes on a long time. It's mad that, yeah. But in person, he was, he was class. Class act. Mate, it just goes to show you, actually having Tyson Fury on your podcast isn't that far away, is it really, from anybody? Because, well, it, because the biggest lesson I learned in 2021, so I, every every three months we do a big review. Big review is people, so our team, all of my clients, we all do this review. The next one's uh, 3rd of July. And 
it's like, what was my biggest lesson? My biggest lesson in 2020 was, what was my biggest lesson in 2020? I can't remember. 2021, it was huge for me, was this concept of who, not how. Dan Sullivan, guy called Dan Sullivan wrote a great book on this. He's a copywriter, isn't he? Dan no, that's Dan Kennedy. Dan yeah, Kennedy, yeah, yeah. I get the mixed up as well. So Dan Sullivan, my wife's actually on a course with him today in London. Dan Sullivan owns this company called Strategic Coach. It's massive, massive, right? And he wrote a book called Who Not How. And it's all about, instead of asking, how do I do that? Start asking, who can help me do that? Who's already there? Who's on that journey too? I'm writing that down. Who, who can who can open who doors for me? Not who how. not how? Yeah, who not how? That is fucking brilliant, yeah. bro. That's how I got the Tyson Fury thing. Who That's how, how I got the book deal. That's how... It's not how I got the Gary Vee gig because they came to me. But whenever I'm looking to do something, in fact, so next Tuesday and Wednesday, I have my first ever pole mold coaching certification. So I've got 20 people coming here, two-day course. I'm teaching them how to coach and they get certified by me. Level four in transformational coaching, internationally accredited by the biggest accreditation company in the world. And when I came up with that course, I'm like, fucking hell, that's a lot of work. I don't even know where to start with this. I've got my own coaching style. I have my own system. You thought, who can help me? Who's already done this? And it was my old coach, Nicky V, who'd retired last year. So on the way back from Dubai, we went to Dubai for New Year, came back the 3rd of January. I was doing my work, and I was. my wife's like, you need to start this coaching academy, Paul. I'm like, it seems like too much work. It's just, I was like, where do I fit that in? And I, st I started thinking, what was my biggest lesson last year, 2021? Who, not how? So I sent her a text. I said, what would it take for you to come out of retirement? She gave me a number. She helped me create the course. Six months later, we're ready to drop the first one. It sold out with one email, and it didn't even go public. So I sent one email to the people that I coach now, so my clients, sold out within like three days. What would you say then, the minimum, because the, obviously I want to start doing coaching myself. Mm. Obviously I've coached, you know, in boxing and stuff like that mm. and all this, done all the one-to-one -one stuff, done one-to-one -one mindset of people, all this stuff. Mm. But say I, was, say I was to start coaching today and, and, and set something up, what's the minimum... What's the minimum viable kind of kind of method to getting something like that started and off to the races? Well, for most people. So in 2019 was when I actually I'd been working with people since well since I was 21 I'd been some level of coach, but actually I realized in 2019 that I wasn't really a coach, I was a mentor. Here's the difference. Mentoring and coaching is giving advice and telling people, sorry, mentoring and advising is giving people advice. And it should be based on first-hand experience. Otherwise, it's an opinion. So mentoring and coaching and consultant. Sorry, men, mentoring and coaching are different is what I'm trying to say. Right. Coaching is asking hard questions yep. that give people new realizations, new insights, and new breakthroughs. They give it themselves by my questions so that they take new actions. Because for the longest time, I tell people what to do. They wouldn't do it, and I'd get pissed off. Right, yeah, yeah. I'd tell them what to do, they wouldn't do it, and they'd get pissed off and blame me for it not working. That was for the longest time. Then in 2019, I started figuring out, actually, this is why I, I when people say, what do you coach? I'm like, I coach you on anything. Any problem you've got, I can coach you on it, any. Because I'm not going to give you advice. I'm going to ask you powerful questions so that you find the fucking answer. I, and I do that with everyone. That's why I'm able to coach people from all walks of life. Any problem, suicidally, I'll coach you. Anxious? Yeah, I'll coach you. Mate, that's just dropped the biggest bomb in my head. I don't take any that. problems home with me. That's how I can handle hundreds of clients at once. So just 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 repeat that. And so I that still do the advice thing. 
if I have first-hand experience of the situation. So, so what you're saying is, essentially, you're not you're giving people a framework of questions to essentially pull out the whatever the whatever that issue might be, whether it childhood trauma, whether it be something in their mindset, mm-hmm. whether it be something about their weight loss journey. But you're essentially saying you don't you don't need to be an advisor like I'm mentor. I'm not giving you advice. Yeah, the advice comes from the questions that you answer in the most honest framework that I have. Yeah, we all here's because here's the best thing. Everyone I fucking love that man. We can all give ourselves advice and not take it. So it feels like I'm giving the advice, but I'm not. I'm just asking you a fucking world class question. We have this. So I have this whole system. It's called the Unstoppable Method. And it goes like a U. We have three bits at the bottom that I call holy shit moments. My whole, my whole remit in a coaching session is for somebody to have a holy fucking shit moment. You've just had one. But I usually do that with questions. Yeah. So I ask questions like, what are you doing that's stopping that from getting fixed? What are you knowingly doing that's keeping you stuck? What are you, what do you want to have happen next? One of my favorite questions. Everyone wants to tell you what's happened. I just, I mean, I, well, what do you want to have happen next? I just realized that a lot of people in life have asked me questions about this podcast or about how do you book guests or how are you, how are you doing this with this person? How are you connecting with these people? All, the, all these different kind of questions that I get in the DMs and in life. Yeah. And I've just realized I'm giving people advice when I should just give them a set of questions that, that are powerful enough to, for yeah. them to be able to learn from themselves. Yeah. And I've been doing that for the longest time too, yeah. mate. And, and it's I, frustrating. And, and until, uh, yeah, and then I get pissed off. And, and you're I, not even helping them because they're not going to do it. Well, no, what it what it does is I get stressed because then I go and check on some of these people and they're not actioning what I'm saying. I'm like, why the fuck do you ask me the question for if you're not going to action the question? I, I've seen this quote. I used to, and I was, I did this when I was a PT. There's this one, people who get called ask calls. <laughs> ask calls if somebody asks questions and does nothing yeah. with the answer yeah so yeah. I just I still do the advice so if someone comes to me with a question sometimes I'll just answer it because I'm like well here's what I do because I've got because I think a lot of the time we give advice on things we have no first hand experience of that's opinion not advice opinion's fucking nothing so advice is different but I'd rather where I can just coach someone it's easier it's more powerful they get their own answers. They get to see, actually, it's where you get people to take responsibility, actually. When you start asking them questions, they can take responsibility. Someone I will be like, Paul, I don't want to feel like this. And I could give them advice. Or I could ask them, well, how do you want to feel? You know what I mean? Paul, I feel so anxious. Can you help me? What advice do you have? I'm like, how do you want to feel? I could tell them what to do and they'll not do it because they'll think, again, that whole how-to thing. Well, it's different for me. Well, my anxiety is different. My depression is different. But when I just ask them, how do they want to feel? It completely fucking perplexes yeah. them. Yeah, because because when 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 um when I'm doing deals and stuff, mm-hmm. the question I always ask people is like when they start to try and argue it's about not what's pri- your budget is it? No, no, no. <laughs> when when, when people when people when people ask me about price or mm-hmm. this and that, this, I say, how do you want to be? Yeah. How well, do you want to be? Where, this is part of the re- way I realise that coaching is the same as selling, and when I'm selling, if it's on the phone, it's different when I'm presenting an offer, but most of the time, if I'm selling, I know that telling. The more I talk, is bad selling. I want them talking rather than me trying to convince them. If they're answering the questions, then I'm leading them in the direction that I yeah. want them to go, which is a win-win for both of us. So actually, coaching is the same as selling. I'm trying to sell someone on doing something different so they get a different result. And to do that, to get them to buy into that, I've got to ask them better questions. Mate, I learned this with women years ago. Is the fact of like I just ask them an intelligent question and, and just let them talk, man. Yeah, let and, them talk. And then and then when they're talking, just let them feel heard, and your life's a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. 
And it, 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 honestly, when I learned- Coaching's the same. You've just got to ask the right questions because I ne- this is really bad. Well, it's not bad. It's just different. If I'm coaching someone, I never ask them how they are. I'm not there to, for them to fucking unload onto me to tell us how they feel. I'm there to fucking solve a problem, to solve a challenge. How they feel lets them tell the fucking story and that's the problem that attached to their fucking past. So yeah, if I want to, yeah, if yeah. I want to let them, if I want to get them to let go of their past, I've got to start in the future. My, my first question is always, what's most critical for you to get handled now? Not what happened in the past. What do we need to handle right now? What's most critical for you to, to get, get handled, handled now. right now? Right now, I don't need the fucking backstory because that's the bit that's keeping you stuck. This is part of the problem, and again, I'm not bashing it because. There are clearly some amazing ones out there, but anyone that's had therapy or counseling that I work with, I can always tell. Because they've got that fucking story on lockdown. They've got that fucking story locked in. They've got that, it's like, almost like a script. Because therapy because teaches repeat, you to- Repeat, 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 repeat. Why, 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 doesn't matter. Let's change the frame and let's move. How's that served you? What's positive about that? And that's, that, that's exactly why I, why I felt called to this Joe Dispenza re- retreat for this meditation thing. It's putting me in an uncomfortable position because I've never been on a week retreat doing meditation in my life. We're going to be there for like 12, 16 hour days to both of us. I'm really, it's, it's, I'm really, I'm, it's, do you know what? I'm so desperate. This is how, not desperate, but this is how, where my life's got to now. I'm trying to find out what the times are so I can organize training jujitsu while I'm in London. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what we're going to be able to do. But what one of the one of the meditations that you get, that we're going to do there is like it's some form of walking meditation. And then I, when when I when I was reading about this walking meditation, I thought, fuck. Years ago, some of, some of, some of my best ideas is when I used to get out on the road every day, no headphones yes. in, and just and just um, I re- I re- only realized the other day when I was reading about this Joe Dispenza retreat and what's in it, I realized that for years I was meditating and manifesting on my runs. What I was, what I wanted to to achieve. Getting ideas, I. Do you know what I mean? Because I, and getting ideas, get things popping. Because David Goggins was 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 saying this the other day. It's like don't don't put music in when you go running because the because now you run into the beat. You need to be running to your own. You run into your own. Well, tune. Smart, I never run. In fact, this is the last time I ran was March twenty twenty one when I did the Goggins challenge, the four miles every four hours for forty eight hours. So I hadn't run until last week when I went to Corfu. I mean, two challenges here. I've got, I hadn't ran for that long. I'm training jujitsu all the time, so I'm like, I don't need it because it fucked my feet as well, that thing. It was fucking horrific. I hated it. Um, so I was in Corfu and I couldn't train jujitsu there. So I'm like, am I going to lift weights? So I trained a couple of times with weights and I was like, I need to run because on the 1st of July, I've got 150 of my clients going up Penny Fan, the original SAS selection route with Ollie Ollerton and his team. So I'm like, I've got to get in shape for that. And I ran twice. And normally when I used to run, even when I did the Goggins Challenge, I had music and I ran without music and it was very strange. Just hearing your own breathing and that, very strange. Yeah, very dear. I was even saying to my wife, she went ahead of me because she's like, she was listening to my breathing and her breathing for both of us. It felt really weird. But there's something very powerful in, in, in being alone that people Bummy. need to sit into. A lot of people always want to surround themselves with other people, always want to surround themselves in, in, in doing doing other shit like the the biggest most transformational parts of my life have come from being alone mm. and being well, there's, the, there's no lonelier place than the boxing ring fuck me well the the, <laughs> the, the 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 there's that but there's also on them six six mile runs that you do you know 
that's that's a very very lonely place to 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 be you know you just constantly on that road on that road mm -hmm. you're thinking about the next mile the next mile next mile it's not a comfortable place you doing that and then being alone in that period it allows you to really process all the things but if you chuck music on destruction you've now just you've just now distraction. you've now put that distraction back in your mm -hmm. mind and you that's exactly what you've been doing already mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what i'm saying to a lot of people is if, if you find it if you don't want to sit there and meditate start by on your run taking the music away and when you take the music away you can hear yourself mm. and the most important thing in your life is that you spend more time listening to yourself than you do listening to well dispensers like that's when else. all your unconscious stuff comes up that's when all of the stuff that you normally push to the back of your mind because you've got to think about this 95 percent of your thoughts are habitual same thoughts you had yesterday that's mad so actually but you, the thing is with those habitual thoughts you don't even know you're having them he says you have to think about your thinking so actually, 95% of your thoughts are habitual. You don't even know you're having them. And those are the ones that come up when you're meditating. Mm. So he says that actually, and I've heard this before, that if you're thinking, if your thoughts start coming up, like, what have I got to do today? What have I got to do tomorrow? Why did they do that? Oh, what about that guy? What's he up to? That means you're meditating because that's all your unconscious thoughts rising at the surface. You wouldn't normally get the chance to do that because you'd be distracted all the time. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, yeah. when you lie down, you're thinking that that's a meditating mind. You've just got to kind of not run with the f where it's taking you. So those thoughts that are coming up are all the ones that you'd normally just have at the back of your mind because you're fucking listening to something or watching something or fucking scrolling. Yeah, but I think the thing I love most about what you do is the fact that you 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 take this, you throw it away for a week. You take you you get the phone off you, and you just you just go away from a week from the phone. Mm -hmm. How transformational as as of those? Is, do you take one week off a month or one week off a quarter? One week off a quarter. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so how transformational is that week? What what kind it's of? Matter, I hadn't done one this year. No, I done one this year because I just had a couple of trips where. Um, it was like a work trip. So the Puerto Rico trip, my family came. We had a bit of a holiday, but really, I'm not going to Puerto Rico to an event full of entrepreneurs, Gary Vee speaking and not taking my phone because I'm like, I'm going to do a little bit of connecting. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to do a little bit of networking. Who, not how, right? Yeah. I got some sick connects there. I met a guy, two guys. One of them used to run Tony Robbins' business mastery for fucking 12 years. So Tony Robbins, he taught business mastery for Tony Robbins. And then one of them was Tony Robbins' sales and marketing guy for like 20 years. Yeah. They, they're great fucking connect. So if I haven't got my phone, I can't do the connecting. But anyway, that week on holiday, dude, it started when, there's a couple of times I've done it. It started when, in 2015, I did the Byron Katie School for the work, which was nine days. And you had to do an exercise called the surrender exercise when you first got there. Basically, anything you felt resistance about surrendering, you had to hand in. You didn't have to, but people were giving, handing cigarettes in, the mini bar, they were handing, girl, women handing the makeup in. Um, I, had, I put my phone and my laptop in. I said, take my phone and my laptop. I sent it to my wife. I'm, I'm handing my phone in for nine days. For the first day, I didn't know what to do with my hands. Where do you put your hands? Checking my pockets all the time looking for my phone. I felt like I lost one of my fucking hands. So that was quite transformative because it was almost like I didn't want to turn it back on. I was like, wow, this is weird. Really creative, actually present in conversations, able to stay dialed in, getting loads of these ideas and that. And then I set the target of just going on holiday without my phone. And what you got to think about is that the benefit of not having my phone on holiday means that what do you do in the space between doing things? 
talk to your kids. You have conversations with your kids that you never normally have. You have conversations with your wife that you wouldn't normally have. Do things that you wouldn't normally do. I read fiction. I read a lot of fiction when I'm on holiday. Um, Why fiction? I just like it. <laughs> stories. Do you, do I'm you, into stories. Do you find the stories make you more creative? They make me more creative. I'm lost in it. That's why we watch movies, right? We get lost in them. I get emotionally attached to them. But they, they, they're emotive. I love, I've always read fiction. Long time. All the Harry Potters, all the Hunger Games, way back in the day, maybe teenage girl days. <laughs> I read all of those, but um, I get to do that. I just do things that I wouldn't normally do when I'm fully in the holiday because I don't have a mind that can, oh, do you know what? I'll just check my emails for an hour this morning. I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? I'm not doing that. And then the second bit that triggered that actually was the strategic coach programming. I'm back in it now. I was in for four years, left for a couple of years. Now I'm back in. And they had this concept of adding a free day to your week, which is basically a day where they're like, right, no work, no going into work, no reading about work, no thinking about work. I'm like, fucking good luck with that. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to have my phone with me and not check emails. I'm not going to be having my phone with me and not look at Facebook. I'm just not able to do that. My mind's like, it's like going to a titty bar and saying, don't look at the tits. I'm going to look at the tits, mate. <laughs> so what I was like, how about I just don't, you know what I mean? How about you just don't go into the titty bar? Yeah, so yeah, I started, yeah. I changed phones. I got this little Nokia thing. It had a rape alarm on it and everything. It was mad. No, didn't even have snake on it. It was for old people, right? And uh, so I, I basically got that phone. And that was really transformative for me as well. Because I was like, well, what do you do with your time? Start going to cinema. Start getting massages. Start training on those days off. And here's what it did for me business. It forced me to level up how organized I was. How automated things were. How systemized things were. It forced me to level up my communication with my team. This is what the week-long holiday does. It forces me to let go of control. It forces me to uh, level up the the, 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 cont- the the contact level with people that they can have with me. See how I passed you on to Kath? I said, Frankie, yeah, I'd love to come on. But from here, yeah. this is out of my hands. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 this is out of yeah, my yeah, hands. Yeah. I do that with everything now. I probably wouldn't have done... I'm probably still trying to be handle everything on my own if I didn't figure out this phone-free week. They have to figure things out as well. So which, which, like which creates a better, a better work better environment. Work environment. They'll figure out... While I'm on holiday, they know that they can't contact me. Well, they can try. <laughs> be ringing the fucking payphone in Greece or something, right? Ringing payphones looking for so me. So you don't even take the phone with you? Nah. The phone's been on a couple in COVID. But mate, it's mad. In 2020, we still got on four holidays. That's mad, isn't it? So we were on holiday in the March when it broke out. We went to uh, Dubai in a September. We went to Tenerife. And then we went... We got these... Oh, and Corfu was one of them in the August. We got four holidays. There was a bit where I had to take me phone because you needed the fucking app. You know what I mean? There was a period where you just needed QR codes and that. But that last one, I don't take it with me at all. Like, it doesn't even get turned on. People are like, how do you take photos? I'm like, well, my wife has a phone. Mate. <laughs> She's not giving us it. So when I'm away, if they can't contact me, they have to figure things out because they can't contact me and they're not just going to leave it. So what ends up happening is sometimes they come up with a better solution than what I would have came up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, so there's yeah, things yeah. that happen inside my business. I'm like, when did you do that? Like, Because the people that you should employ in your business anyway are probably better at doing be- it. Yeah. Better doing doers a better job. They're doing yeah. it better than I would to come up with ideas because I'm not there to solve it. Um, and then that makes me, it's mad. Last week I came back, last Tuesday we got back. My wife flew home a day early for a funeral. I brought the kids home and I got back and I was like, fuck. I'm going to have loads of messages. Fucking hard already, honey. <laughs> I was nowhere near as popular as I thought I was because people don't email me anymore. They email my team. Because you, you've you taught that system. I've had to. But if it was, if I didn't do this holiday thing, I probably wouldn't. 
I'd have probably just been, eh, I'll just deal with it. I'll just do. And you hear this a lot from Martin, but oh, I may as well just do it myself. I've this week holiday has forced me to level up that entire thing. Yeah, it's mad. It's funny. You know when we're talking about taking the piss out of things before? I used to take the piss out of people. I trained when I went on holiday when I was fat. Now I train more when I'm on holiday than when I'm at home because I've got more time. It's yeah, mad, yeah, that, isn't it? Yeah. It's I'll, mad. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you now, right? I'd be in the gym. Me and my wife train together. We'll, now it's like the kids will be in the room or something. We'll go and train together. The kids come out for walks. Me and my wife run together. At home would not get the opportunity to do and that. And you're probably talking more as well. Way more. Way more. There's so many benefits to this week phone free. It's just terrifying the first time you do it. Because so, you're like, what if my business burns to the ground? Well, it's not going to unless you've employed fucking idiots. What about for the people that don't have a business? For the people that are in jobs and... Well, the thing is, if you're on holiday, it's probably easier for people that are in jobs, surely. Like, my team go on holiday, I wouldn't dream of fucking contacting them because they're on holiday. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're having to check your emails while you're on holiday... But, but, it's, tr- but it's true what you say. Like, w- when, you, when you actually break it down, you don't actually use a phone for being a phone. No. So that the, whole, the whole intended purpose of this... Oh, I mean, I never pick up the phone. Yeah, only, you know what I like picking up the phone when it's a FaceTime call coming in. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? That really intrigues me. Why are they FaceTiming me? So I'll answer FaceTimes quite a lot, but never calls. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't answer calls. I always no. call people back. No. You know what I mean? Because it's smart, isn't it? Because I want to find out what frame of mind. So if I, so this is this whatever is, excuse you've got for not being able to do that is probably the th- shit that you need to handle. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? But here's why I don't answer calls, right? Because I want to know one. What do you want to talk to me about? <laughs> and two, what frame of mind you're in before answering Because if I'm having a fucking good day, mm-hmm. you could get some fucker ring you up and just put you in the worst mood, mm-hmm. not because you want to be in the worst yeah. mood, but because they could throw stuff onto you. Mm-hmm. So if you're having an epic day, the last thing you want to do is answer this thing. Mm-hmm. Because this thing can take you into a vortex of I have this conversation story. where people say, what, but what about me clients? What if they complain? What are the fucking shit clients then? Yeah. One of my clients complained because I went on holiday with my family and didn't take me phone, I'd be like, mate, you're going to have to find someone else. Because I wouldn't do that to you. Know what I mean? It's, it's just, for me, it's been incredibly valuable. Luke, yeah. who's our mutual friend, he fucking loves it when I do that. He's like, I fucking love that you do that. I wish I could do that. I'm like, well... I mean, Luke's got a bit of a mad business to be able to do that. He's or got many he, mad businesses. He's got, he's got many mad businesses, yeah. but also Luke doesn't answer the fucking phone anyway. <laughs> well, not <laughs> you. Not <laughs> you, man. <laughs> he's, he's, avoid, he's avoiding me, but, you know, that's that's just Luke, man. Yeah. He's, he's smashed it in business. I want I was talking about having him on the podcast, but I don't think he's... Mate, I can't even get him on mine. Yeah. Neither can Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah, not. Yeah. That's not happening. I reckon... I, I said, maybe we could do like a voice thing. We'll do no video. We'll blow your face Cause, out. Because... Do you know like on Crime Watch where they do a fucking... Yeah. Re- they do a reenact when they interviewed somebody, their face is blurred out and they do like a Darth Vader voice. So so, so, so the guy that Luke, we're talk- that we're talking about, guys, he's he's doing he's doing um, Ricky Hatton's... Um, what's he doing for Ricky Hatton at the moment? He's the comeback, the the comeback exhibition fight. fight the right? exhibition fight. He's doing Ricky's so exhibition he, so fight. He's he, my manager. So he's James' manager. Darren's manager. So so th- this. By got the way, imagine dealing with them two. Yeah, Fuck me. Yeah, so, yeah, so, di- so this guy Luke deals with, deals with Morty, so he has to keep him under control. He deals with James, deals with Darren, Courtney Black, Courtney Black. Mm-hmm. Right, he's responsible. He's re- he's the man behind all of these guys' books, getting them to the top level. I mean, also and consider this: he also runs some of the biggest festivals in the UK. Yeah, and has two clubs, and he's the nicest geezer, and he's just. W- He's just c- come first in his n- next BJJ competition, isn't he? Like, is it? He's but, a beast. I, but but I'm trying. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get him on, mate. Yeah, I can't even. I all can't I'm even saying, Luke, boy, if, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I have 
I have just absolutely, mate. I've just teed it up, mate. So Come he's, on. He's be, you'd be got. You probably make you edit that out. Yeah. Frank, you get that off. Yeah, I don't. I don't want my name on the internet. Yeah, that's what he says to me. Yeah. But 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 it just goes. Then that's another point as well. Some of the most successful people that me and you know. Right, even 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 right, you were one of the most highest paid people I knew in terms of coaching at the time. You had fuck all followers on Instagram, <laughs> right? You you the way that you made all your money back in the day, all your money was through email marketing. I mean, right? That's where ninety percent of my sales come from. Email still, yeah, I know. But social media is just to get eyes on me. So social media, essentially, what you do and what I love about what you do is the fact of like you, you all the only thing you want to do your only goal is to put content on social media that adds value to people mm-hmm. get their email address onto your list that's it that's that's your goal right am i, am I is there anything i'm missing uh, so here's a, here's a bit it's harder now because giving up your email address is a bigger deal than it was before so in order for me to get someone's email address i've got to give them something even more valuable than the content on my social media right that's why i have so many free books free courses uh free online master classes because I've got to then give them, so I've got to, de- it's got to be valuable following someone and they've got to find value in following you. Yeah. You've got to make them feel good or you've got to make them feel better. You've make them feel validated, whatever it is, wh- whatever reason we follow people for, even for entertainment. The re- the, I've then got to sell them now. I've got to sell them. They don't have to give me any money, but they have to give me their email address. And people will only do that when what you're giving them feels like it's better than what they are giving you. So it's like, if I want I want to get something off you, it's how money works as well. I've got to feel like what I'm getting from you is worth more than what I'm giving you. That's the same with email, and people don't work hard enough to do that. They're just like, hey, subscribe to me, free newsletter. Yeah. I'm like, I'll give you this fucking two-hour audio book that I've created for free yep. in exchange for email address. I'll send you great emails that are entertaining and helpful. And if you want to sign up with my program, you can. If you don't want to, that's fine too. I'll still send you the emails. I'll still give you things for free. I'll still put out me stuff. Do you, do you know what I've just thought right? I want I want I want to write a book right. I won't tell this title on here, but I want to write this book. I have this whole this 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 whole book idea in my head of 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 the steps that I would take to to re- basically break the patterns of your of your past and recreate your future. I've yeah. got it, I've got it all in my head. Yeah. I just thought as you just said that the e- the easiest way for me to add value to people's lives and the quickest way is to is to do that book as a podcast. And then if the podcast is like, and just give that away for free. And if that's fucking successful and gets good feedback and helps people change, someone else can write that into a book. I've done it once. Leverage, leverage. Mate, I've got a book called, um, I've got a book called How to End Self-Sabotage. And I would say 70,000 people have listened to that audiobook, And it's free. And I didn't write it. What I did was, this is mad, I had this idea. I like to create things that help people. So I've also got one called How to End Overthinking. This is really short. It's like a course in a journal where you work on what you're overthinking. And uh, so I did this uh, I did this audiobook. I had the idea to do it, to do the book. And I was like, I'm not going to sit down and write this. I haven't got time. Two, I also think that, well, I'm going to give it away for free. A free book is essentially a fucking PDF. That's got no value to people. So I was like, what if I create an audiobook? It's just an MP3 file. What have I created in an audiobook that's two hours long? Don't know about you, mate, but when I buy an audiobook and it's 12 hours long, I'm thinking, fuck me, this is going to be a drug. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I did this two-hour audiobook, and I just did some bullet points, created a bit of a mind map. What are the sections going to be? And then I remember it was 2019, 2020, might be in January 2020, I think, because um, Mac was here, and Smith had his show here. 
And he was like, do you want to do a podcast? I was like, ah, I book a studio. And then on the day that we were meant to do the podcast, he was like, oh, Paul, he said, I'm going to have to cancel. I've got the opportunity to go on fucking Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan. I was like, what? And you're doing that instead of... Selfish grand. (laughs) Anyway, we did the podcast the day after anyway, but that day I was like, I've got this studio. Fuck it. I'm going to record this podcast. I'm going to... Sorry, I'm going to record this audiobook. And all I did was kind of teach for two hours instead of writing the book. And yeah. Mate, people get and there's not there's not there's audiobook outsells paper books now. Yeah, let's not get that twisted because it's easy, it's convenient. You can create it for next to nothing. You don't have to sit in front of your laptop for fucking hundreds of hours. And there are better writers that can take that content and put that content. I never into even a book turned anyway. that into a paperback in the end. Never turned it into a paperback. Never turned it into a written book. Just did the audiobook. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I think I think that's I think that's a way that I can add more value to people, but also it's fast. It's convenient. In fact, someone's coming in here tomorrow to record an audiobook. One of my clients has been putting off doing this book. I said, mate, stop fucking around. Oh, I need to book a studio. I'm waiting for me, mate. I said, tell you what, come to my office Friday, sit in my podcast studio, record it on that thing. So he's coming in here tomorrow while we're at an event. That's how quick and easy it can be. Because actually, I had more fun doing that one than the one I did with Collins. That's on Audible. I had more fun. Because that Collins one had to be perfect. And I felt like I was reading. That other one I didn't read. When you when you record uh, an audiobook for someone like Harper Collins, mm. do you kind of you, do you kind of put on a whole different Paul Moore? A little bit. Yeah, you I have to I, a little I, bit. I, I imagine. I yeah, imagine. You have to a little bit. They're like, you don't say that like that. I'm like, that's how I said. I had yeah. an argument with them. They were like, they were just talking about the amygdala. And they were going, Paul, it's amygdala. I'm like, no, it isn't. I was like, is it clitoris or clitoris? Uh, <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't answer <laughs> it is, I'm sorry I'm sorry but yeah I was like it's not that's not how I see it so I'm not going to see it like that yeah but what they what they said to me I remember when we created they said Paul it can't just sound like a podcast and it can't sound like a free audiobook so you have to face, say things slower and you have to th- say things properly so that was the that was the but the, but I, had, the, but I hated it, you know me, because I haven't been told what to do but for the, 21 years. But the difference between those two things that you've just said there is the fact of like the free content that we're talking about is is content where we're, we're working from a bullet point and then we're yeah. just rifting. Yeah. The content that you're reading on this recorded yeah. book is, is it, money. You're, you're re, you're re, you're, yeah, yeah. people are not only paying money, but, you, but you're reading it off a script. Because and they've got to have something it. to compare it to as well. Yeah. They're comparing it to people who are essentially just reading books. There are people that get paid for reading books. Although the best audiobook I've ever listened to, there's two. One of them is called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. The best part of that book is where she's doing little interviews at the end of each chapter. She's interviewing somebody. It's amazing. And then the second best audiobook is a Tony Robbins one, where essentially they rip the audio from one of these events. And it's just more engaging than listening to somebody read. Think about that. You read your kids' bedtime stories so they fall asleep. Yeah. I find I I really struggle with audiobooks because they're usually monotone as fuck, boring, you th- unexciting. You see, right? When you're a child and you get read a bed bedtime story, you fall asleep. Yeah. However, if you're told a story and it's engaging, right? You you you, you don't go to sleep, yeah. right? I, mean, I listened to this audiobook once, a, a fiction book called The Graveyard Book. It's fucking incredible. It's inc- it's an incredible audio because th- there's some fiction audiobooks that are amazing, but most personal development audiobooks are boring. Yeah, they are boring. So yeah, they they was a uh, they were like, but it, you're right, it's different mediums. Like for example, when I got asked to do this thing for Andy's Man Club, I'm like, I can't deliver my keynote. I get paid good money to do my keynote, 
So I'm going to come and do this for free. I'll do it for free so you can raise money for charity, but I'll do a Q&A, for example. So there's kind of levels to to the... So you can say, right, I'll, I'll come and see. So you have, an, you have an ascension model with it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You pay me, you want me to do that long and pay me that fee? I'm going to do a better job of it. It's the way the world works, right? It's the way the world works. You pay for business classes more expensive than standard class. Yeah, it I happens like across the world. But some people love flying standard. Some people fly in business class. Some people don't care. But there's the, the, the difference between that audio book that I've just rifted on and the, 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 the recorded audiobook with a massive publishing company was, there has to be a clear difference between that and that. And the fact of the matter was, it was, I have to turn this book into a, into a, so it sounds like, kind of like other audiobooks. I was like, I want music on it. Like, we don't put music in audiobooks, Paul. So mm. when the next time I do a free audiobook, there'll be music on it. Inspirational music in the background. Think about all the TikToks that are blown up now. They've all got music in the background. Think yeah. about all the viral videos. They've always got music on in the background. I'm like, why can't I do that with an audiobook? It'd be much better, much more exciting, right? Mm. Imagine a film without music. You think about the well, Hans, so, Zimmer. So, Hans Zimmer's music on movies is uh, fucking incredible. Yeah. I've got goosebumps just seeing that. Yeah, now, yeah, 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 yeah. Hans Zimmer's music, think about it, the most popular movie, music at the minute is all the stuff that's on Stranger Things. All mm. those songs are coming back. Mm. If there's no music on them things, that'd be shit. I'm like, why can't I put them do, in audiobooks? Do, do, do you know what, right? Hans, Zim, Hans Zimmer gets me hyped, but mate, I'm not... I, Imagine I, that in an Why can't you do that in an audiobook? I can't understand. I couldn't understand it. I was like, why? Well, no one else does it. Well, I'm not anyone else. But I, I don't set the rules. And that was the mad thing about doing that audiobook because I'd never been told what to do. For, unless it was by anyone other than my wife by your, for 21 years. <laughs> by your wife. For 21 years. When we went, there, we had to go back. So they did the audio book, they edited it, they produced it. And there was a lady from BBC Panorama, who was my director, and another director from ITV Newslight. They weren't fucking around these guys. I had the marketing team from Collins in on it, and they kept telling me to stop, do that again. And I was fucking hell. And we went, we had to go back a few weeks later to re, like redo some sentences, some... One of them was a whole chapter. Some of them were paragraphs. You're going to have to do this again and we'll add it in later. And I was sitting there and I could see Mac was so uncomfortable because I was keep being told what to do. He was like, you're not used to this. He was so uncomfortable because he would tell, he could tell that I fucking hated it. Yeah, it was a mad thing. I didn't hate doing the book, but it was hard. Yeah. Being told what to do, being yeah. told that something's not right. I had a, I had a, I had a, a call with a woman who's a, a kind of a, men a mentor, shall we say. Mm -hmm. That's that's that it, she's worth like probably about 120 million, mm -hmm. and uh, she called me the other day and she's like, Frankie, um, she she's basically big bigging up a lot of stuff and she's saying you're doing this well, doing this well, doing this well, right? And I thought this is great. This 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 chick, she's worth 120 mil. Mm -hmm. She's fucking hot as fuck. Mm -hmm. I respect her. Mm -hmm. Wicked. So your ego starts to starts to run, yeah. And then she started to tell me. Everything that I'm doing. Oh, she gave you this shit sandwich. She gave me that. She, but, but it wasn't a shit sandwich. It was just like, and it wasn't total shit. But it's just like, she was just calling me out on my bullshit. Mm -hmm. She's calling me out on like, why, why haven't you been pumping ad? Why, why aren't you pumping traffic to the YouTube channel? Why aren't you doing this in the center? She's calling me out on shit that I know I should have done. And then you start to feel a little bit like, oh, I get, I feel you on that because you're like, fuck, I hate that feeling. That's what my wife does. Yeah. So my wife does. That's why I love having this team that we have right now. It's competitive. Everyone wants to do better than the other person. But they it's can, very confronting. It's mad about having a team, you know, because they can see what I said I would do. So I'm I'm kind of blessed with that level of accountability. 
because we have the we use this bit of software. It's called a sauna. It's like basically like Trello and all yeah, the yeah, project yeah, management. Yeah, yeah. Like Monday.com. Yeah, very similar to Monday.com. Not yeah. sponsored by Monday.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see their ads all the time. I'm, yeah. I feel like seeing me. I've already got a system that's great, but we can all see what we're doing when it's supposed to be due by. Who has the most red marks yeah. next to what this the stuff that's that should have been done yesterday? So that's a very high level of accountability. And I, it, it's weird, you know, because you think about this accountability, like what you've got there, is. People, no, most people can't describe what it is. I'm like, it's a fear of letting somebody down. Mm. So I actually use, we talk about uh, what people think. I care what people think, but I use it as fuel. This is why I told everyone I'm not drinking in 2022. Not drinking, I'm on six months. First of July, be six, no, 23rd of June, which is next week, aren't it? Yeah. That's six months for me. And I told everybody, because I've got a fear of letting people down, I'm scared of what people might say if I don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So every we all care about what people think. It's like I it's, just yeah. I don't care I don't care enough about what people think and not live a life that I love, but I'll also use it as fuel sometimes. That's why if you if you're gonna have a charity boxing match, it's not like you're not gonna tell anyone. You tell people so that you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's hard to back out of that. Yeah, then. You, yeah, yeah. You're not backing out of it because you'll feel like a dick. This I started when I was when I was when I was getting this fucking dress down, mm-hmm. I'm like I'm sat there and I'm like, I you know, like you feel, you feel, you feel like I can't let this woman say this to me. Yeah. Like the, the alpha starts to come out, yeah. you know, it. And then, and then she's like, "Well, that's just that's just an excuse. That's just a pattern. That's just this. Yeah. That's just." It. And she starts calling out more bullshit. Yeah. In the end, mate, you just have to sit there and you just have to listen and be like, "Right, okay, I'm gonna go away half an hour. I'm gonna sit here in a little bit of pain right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna feel every bit of this pain and understand why I'm here." Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go and action some shit to get done. Yeah, which is exactly what I did. you do need someone to tell you. There's some areas of your life, like, if you've been eating shit and not training, your body will tell you. <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. I have this signal where if you know the band on your boxer shorts, yeah. if that falls over, I know that I need to start getting me shit together. Do you know what I mean? Like, so the scales might tell you, but sometimes like, oh, sometimes I'm not bothered about the scales. I'm like, eh, it is what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I maybe go up five kilos, down five. That's the most I'll ever go. But actually, my underpants folding over. I'm like, I need to do something about this. So your body will tell you. If you're not doing the, the work in your business, your bank account yeah, will tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's some areas, if you're not doing the work in your podcast, your downloads will tell you. Yep. Do you know what I mean? If you're not yep. doing the work on your socials, your fucking engagement will tell you. Yep. You know what I mean? Basically. If your emails are shit, you, how many people reply to them will tell you. If, it, there's just some areas where you need someone to tell you. And For me, though, I'm only taking that advice from people who have walked it. Have walked it or further ahead than me or who have asked for it from. So I'm very rarely going to take feedback from someone that I haven't asked for it from. Yeah, I think this was some of the... Who do you ask for advice? You know when people say like, oh, Paul, my husband said this and me, me, me partner said this about the market and that. I'm like, how many businesses have they run? None. But well, what the fuck are you listening to them for then? The, 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 the problem with this advice was the fact that I didn't, I didn't ask for the initial praise. Oh, okay. I didn't ask for the yeah, initial yeah, fucking yeah, dress yeah. down either. But the yeah. problem is like, if you're going to be around these kind of high level people, they're going to want to tell you about tell you about yourself sometimes you got to be it's funny you know me because actually any program that I've joined when I'm looking to expand my business they're like you need to get another coach to come in and do some of the coaching I do all of the coaching inside my business in four days a week people are like how do you do that I'm like I don't do anything that I hate doing all I do is talk I don't do any of the other shit I don't yeah. edit any videos I don't do yeah. any audio edit yeah. I don't do any replying to emails I pass them on really quick Yeah. Um, I don't do any of the bookings I don't do any of that shit I just, I'm just like, well, 
coaching's the thing that I love doing the most. Why the, so, fuck, so would, ba- why the fuck would I delegate that so I can do more cash flow forecasts and fucking payroll? So you should basically just essentially delegate everything you don't want to do and just lean into more of there's what you love. There's the fastest way to the cash. There's the, the, there's the business. You can grow your business. But we talk about this. We're getting in shape and that. Like, I have this concept where in my business now, how can I grow it? Only doing things that I find fascinating and motivating. If, I, if there's things inside of my life and my business where I'm like, eh, it's just okay, I want to get rid of that as fast as I can. Either not do it at all or get someone to do it for me or find another way. Do you know what I mean? Imagine that. Well, every day you came into work and all you did was things that were fascin- fascinating and motivating. Could I make more money than I am right now? Probably. But I'd be doing shit that I don't find fascinating and motivating. Yeah. That's not why I got into business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've done that. I've, I've built that before. I hated it. Because you have to enjoy it because of everything that comes with it. Yeah. And I, what I find fascinating, motivating is talking, coaching, speaking, advising, uh, inspiring, listening. Like, that's what I love doing. So why would that be the first thing that... You see this with personal trainers all the time. First thing you do is hire another personal trainer to do the thing that they love. So that they can do fucking right Facebook ads. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Imagine that. Yeah. It's because that's the advice that we get. Like, there's a book called The E-Myth. That I took. It's an amazing book. But I'm mean, actually, why would I get, if I am love being on the tools. Yep. Right? Why would, why would you delegate, de- delegate that part of your business? Yeah. It makes sense to do it. But what if you could delegate all the other parts first? You got fucking gym owners not coaching anyone on the gym floor, but fucking counting toilet rolls. Don't make sense to me. You're doing your own ironing. What? That, it makes sense to me to do your own ironing, but we had this the other week. So we hired, a, we hired a housekeeper. Not because I'm rich, right? Not because I make loads of money. But I'm like, but you do. If I save, <laughs> if, if I spend, right? This is mad. This is gonna sound mad. This. So me and my wife are running a big business. We've got a team. We've got a fucking six set up here. We're, we're doing big shit right now. We're helping hundreds, hundreds of clients. We're changing people's lives. If me and my wife spend two hours a day cleaning up, picking shit up, it's wasted time, tidying up, that two hours could be spent doing either something that impacts more people or doing something that we love. But then still people are like, why don't you hire a coach? And now I've got a housekeeper. I mean, it's changed my life. She's actually been off two days. I hate it. I had to tidy up this morning. My wife's in London. I had to make packed lunches. Mate, I fucking didn't know what it, I do. Mate, in, in Australia, I get my meals prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, me too. I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a cleaner. Mm-hmm. I have a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. I have a coach. Hey! hey! Look at this. <laughs> oh, my God, mate. Hey, hey, jump in the jump. Jump in the podcast. What are you saying? Mr. Deering, Mr. Deering Cartel. How are you, my man? How are you, bro? Yeah, you you might as well jump in. Yeah, jump in. Jump in. How's about this? I'm ready for you and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. How was the train here, bro? Oh, it was good. It was all right. We are here for this man's live show. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my. We're Newcastle. Nina's been practicing Newcastle. Mate, you've had a new trim, haven't you? Yeah, fresh, yeah, yeah. You're looking fresh. fresh Welcome to the Frankie Lee podcast, Mr. Darren Cartel. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on, we're on. Do you know what this feels like? Do you know when like uh, Jonathan Ross introduces a new guest? Yeah, and they all have to shake hands and that. That's what this is like, aye. Yeah, man. One day, one day. Don't worry, one day. So we'll mate, you never know. So, Channel four. So as you, so anyone, anyone, if anyone's listening, I'll take. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you've got mate, you got the a massive show coming up tonight. How are you feeling? Yeah, I, honestly, I'm not thinking about it too much. You know, really, I'm trying to mac outside. I was like, it's now um, 
I don't really plan too much. I know it sounds a bit. I feel like when I do, it doesn't go very well. Mm. So I try not to overthink about it. Yeah. So I just go out there and just. I don't freeboard it. Obviously, there's yeah. like I've got some slides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like kind of storytelling and stuff. Mm. But I guess with like some educational bits. But well, mate, you see comedians all the time. Some of the be- funniest bits of a comedian shows when someone heckles them. Like the favorite part of my life show was when that lady was pissed and I. I cut her legs off and my comeback was so good that she was clapping it. Yeah, but that, yeah. those are some of the best parts. So is that well tonight? One in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She signed up for me program the day after. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, Paul, you've changed me life, you've done all this. I'm like, it's a fucking I've asked you the question. And then she was so and I said, Well, I didn't teach you how to fucking handle your drink, did I? And she was she loved it. <laughs> but yeah, mate, I'm excited about the show. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because it's like you you're surprised because people get you think you're nervous to go stand on stage mm. people are nervous being in the crowd yeah. yeah and you see that in their body that's why they drinks that's why they get so pissed yes and that's why they drink and sometimes like the london show and the manchester show I had they were bigger and like around these areas it's a lot smaller mm. so it's like building up for me which is great yeah but the smaller crowds is more intimate which i actually really like so it's yeah. like a live live yeah 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 but then you forget when you like say something to someone when i'm so direct i'm like oh shit, i forget that this person could be really nervous mm-hmm. and you almost have to be a little bit more careful the way you gotta make them feel comfortable you'll be fine here yeah you'll be fine here dude yeah you don't have to worry about that everyone will be fucking they're probably drinking now yeah probably on it now is the weather still amazing outside I've, oh it's so good is it it's so good it's nice to be by the water i just i just love the, pe- the people up north are nice aren't they you know what's funny? I every time I go on stage up north, I say that same thing. Yeah. Way nicer. London, we're fucking pricks, mate. I uh, London, everyone's just seems to be head down all the time. I I can't honestly. This morning, fast. It's I was, fast I was trying to find. I was trying to find. I'm ringing, ringing this taxi company up this morning, trying to get here, and cause not answering, not answering. So I was, there's this there's this beautiful little chick at the side of the road. I thought I'll just go ask her. Like this this is going to go one or two ways. She's fucking real helpful. She's like, oh, ring this one. If this doesn't work, ring this one. And she, d- 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 in a little Geordie accent, yeah. fucking all this shit. Hang on. Hang on. What did she say? What did she say? <laughs> what did she say? I don't know, mate. Like, I don't know what she said. I thought, but I'd gotten a, I thought she was banging her dad. She could have actually been calling me a prick, but no, I wouldn't even know. Speak a different language up here. But anyway, she's fucking helpful. Yeah, I just thought it's I just thought it was decent, nice, nice people. The friend, the further north you go from London, the nicer it gets. You know what it is as well. It's probably um because uh, they're smaller towns, smaller cities. There's more communities tighter. When you mm. get into a big city, people, somewhere like London, New York, whatever you where you. Were. I think people yeah. are moving around a lot as well, though. Like everyone seems to be just going fast all the time. Like a lot of people up north, they kind of they stay up north. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They stay in that, they stay in that area a lot more makes things very transactional. Aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if I'm just, if this is just a transaction, why should I really... And London's really diverse as well, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have people from fucking all over the world in London. In the northeast, it's a little bit less. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's more people who are just from the northeast than London, where everyone's from fucking everywhere. It's like, it's sometimes hard to relate. It sounds weird, but like, sometimes you get a white guy that wouldn't know how to talk to a fucking black guy. This is how surprising this is. I was in... I was in uh, I went to jujitsu last night and then I took the kids to McDonald's because I had to come and watch jujitsu because my wife's away. And I went to McDonald's and I said to a guy, I got stuck in the car park basically and I started like reversing out of the drive through And I was like, how do you get out of here, mate? Is this the way? And he couldn't speak English. And I was like, what? That's the first time I've ever had that in the Northeast. It's mad, eh? Yeah. Uh, that's, so that's every day in London? 
<laughs> it is I. It is I. But Maybe mate, it was just my English that he couldn't understand. Most most of the taxi drivers that I've been with uh, in Newcastle now, I've been Iranian. They speak English, but they've been Iranian. Well, there was a guy here, might be when you first who was doing the soundproofing upstairs. He's Iranian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big, big. Uh, apparently, like big Iranian community ever since like two thousand two. Yeah. yeah. But man, yeah. In Newcastle, is that a yeah. fucking history lesson, mate? He's been, mate, uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been, I've been, I've been learning, I've been learning about it. But mate, I'm hyped to see your new show tonight. Oh really? Yeah, me too, man. I'm excited to see what I've got. Is that last one? It's the last one, yeah. Is, is it? it? I'm actually really excited because is Luke coming? No, no, he won't be here. He's on holiday, isn't he? He's away. He's away. He's away. And it's it's been nice because over the last like couple of years, I've just been like supporting Smith, yeah. which is great. Because so when you first when when Luke was like, okay, it's your time now. There's there's that element of being nervous of like, is anyone even gonna buy fucking tickets to yeah. see me? Because you think that right, so you 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 question that you're like, oh shit. But then when the tickets first went live and London got sold out in 24 hours, my mind was fucking blown. Yeah. And it was almost like it's a nice bit of reassurance that I think we sometimes all need, which was really nice. So now when I'm going to other parts of the UK, for me it's like, oh shit, I've got 80 people in Glasgow. 80 people in Glasgow. I'm a London boy. For me, I'm like, that's fucking sick, man. Yeah. That's like unreal for me. Yeah. And so it's it's nice to go and reach out and go to the other towns and cities and meet loads of people. And also what I've learned a lot on the tour as well is I've learned more about what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Mm. And I can't wait to like plan the next things that I want to do. What are you not good at? Huh? What are you not good at? See, that's a difficult... Except jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> sorry bro, sorry. <laughs> sorry, done ya, he done ya. No, 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 no. Hey, bro, no. hey, boys, I'm a white belt, so go easy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like one every time I train. Yeah, it's, um, it's weird because what I was thinking was, I was like, every time I did a show, I was like, what am I not good at? I'm focusing on things. I'm like, do I do more entertainment vibe? Yeah, more educational. Yeah, right. So it's sometimes hard to mix that. So. Why? Dude, it is, especially in a theatre. When you're in a, do you know what I find? When I'm in a hotel ballroom or a conference, people are there, they're sitting at the classroom style setup with a pen and mm. a bit of paper, and you can ask them questions, you can say, write this down. But when you're in a fucking theatre and people are drinking out them fucking two pint glasses, right, with their missus there and that, that's a different fucking game. It's different. That's why I was like, doing a B2B is way easier. Yeah, way easier. Way easier. Yeah. You're just like, You've got some slides, you're just, you're just talking, and you do that every day. But it's not as much fun. I find that when I went, in, when I went out of Puerto Rico, I was like, what am I going to do here? Because it was a business conference, but I fucking love doing that live show shit. Do you know what I'm telling stories, and I've got the props, and I've got the fucking goggles on, and I'm yeah, doing yeah. the dentist bit and that. Like, I love doing that, so I just did that because it was more fun. You already spoke about Puerto Rico, I'm sure you did. Yeah, we, 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 How we, many we, times we, do you think I've yeah. said Gary Vee? He's, 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 dro he's dropped it in about 17 oh, times. It's so my biggest, that was probably one but of my mate, biggest nah, mate, Honestly, like, this this is the good thing about being surrounded by boys like you. Like everyone wants everyone else just to to win and, and accentuate and do better, yeah. which which is a, which is a nice environment for 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 everyone to be around. Yeah. And it's what I want a lot of these people that listen to this podcast to get out of this. You know what I mean? Dude, Gary V. Like okay. Now he came in. Check this out. Five camera guys, two security guys with the fucking things in. One of them just stood at the door. Big fucker. With it. You know the earpiece. Yeah. Just stood there. Surveying the room, I was like, "Who the fuck's this guy?" And I was like, "Oh, he's Gary V's guy, big deal." He came in, spoke, and went. Yeah, he he he, he always big cheese. He always he always he always does. He doesn't do a keynote for 
for less than and three. And it wasn't even a keynote, mate. He came in and just talked for half an hour and then did a thir- then did a thirty minute Q and A. To be fair, I was like, wow, but it was really like I left feeling inspired by him. Didn't even try. It's mad. I think it's, you've got this. I know you. I was that inspired. I bought a fucking NFT. I started TikTok. I started TikTok. That's what I'm saying. Like you've got this as well, right? Yeah. It's um like your voice and your charisma and whatever, right? He has that as well. He could say anything. Yeah. Energy. Anything. You get inspired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, can talk, you can be talking. Shit. But but also, he's got a lot of when he speaks, he's got a lot of certainty about what he's saying. But 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 also, what Ga- what Gary V has done, it, he has earned his right through through reps since two thousand and eight or whenever he started doing when his life. Yeah. He's done he's done so many reps to earn the to earn the point where he's at now, where he can just walk into a room and take three hundred thousand US out the room for thirty for, for photos. Uh, yeah, you know, and thirty for thirty for yeah. photos. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, there was only twenty people getting photos. Yeah, so you only you had to pay to get the photos. Loads of people got kicked out of the room. You weren't even like they were like, oh, yeah. you can't talk to them, you can't engage with them. You'll have thirty seconds, get your photo, and fuck off. You, you know, <laughs> so it was mad. I've I've, act, I've actually spoken to Gary V for five minutes when I went to one of his shows. Yeah, and he he, he is actually a, he is actually a nice dude, cool guy. But if you go to a few of his different shows, it it literally is just he just literally says the same shit. Yeah. All, all the time, like, but he, but again, he's earned the right to say the same shit. The five and camera guys thing, honestly, blew me head off. And he kept looking when he was saying something. He was like that. It was almost like you better fucking record what I'm about to say here. It was really, it was very interesting for me because I've what I've noticed with content, and this is why I started doing podcasts again. And even because I said no to a lot of requests last year, and me and Smith spoke about this actually, is that it's I'm not bothered about Apple downloads anymore. I'm not bothered about Spotify streams. I want this video content. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah, fifteen-second yeah. reels, forty-five-second reels. Yeah, they're the currency now. Yeah, like attention's the currency. Not long podcasts anymore. I don't think. Yeah. My TikToks or the Insta reels I do from podcasts. Yeah, it's just a little snippet or a little nugget yeah. from a because what happens gets ten times as many views as the fucking the download does. Yeah, because I think what people forget is in conversation you naturally bring out these random nuggets and then you listen over you go oh did i fucking say-? and with way yeah, more yeah, energy yeah, yeah. with well, this, way this, more energy this this is why i do a podcast is because if you want to get a bulk load of content this is the best way to get a bulk load of content yeah. because like I, I i i'm just out all my all my tiktok clips are all like podcast clips not not me yeah. like Dieran's got to sit on a sit with his his ring light set up, and he's got to drop a bit of content about fitness, or he's got to. But your best content at the moment I've seen not not that your other content's bad, but like your best content at the moment is you interviewing people on the street because yeah, it's so. because it's a conversation, right? Where did that come from? What where did you get that idea? Um, actually, Luke's been saying it for ages. Really, Luke's been saying it for ages. Then Smith mentioned something because every time he saw like people like. Chunks, Young Philly, all these people. Yeah. He was like, Darren, like you're so good with people yeah. and like face to face. I'm like, I don't have any problem just approaching random people. No. And even like, I'm gonna start. I want, I want to do it with you while we're in Newcastle. <laughs> you want because me to understand what anyone's saying? Because we're two southerners, <laughs> you know. But like, even like my. Ca- Can you say that in English? <laughs> <laughs> even like my camera, she was like. I was like, press record, press record. She's yeah. like, no, no, let's ask him. I said, I ain't asking shit. Press record. Really? Yeah, record. Bang. Quick question. Just like, pull my- Do you know what I'm waiting for you to do? Finish the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love those. Me and Nina yeah. watch his. Do you, do you know him? Yeah, know Alima him. knows him, doesn't he? Yeah. 
like Kevin Freshwater, yeah, me yeah, and yeah. Nina love watching those finish the Rook things are incredible. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's mad, isn't it? I think a lot of the time, like with, because, okay, see the people that usually do all of that content, they actually make their money through uh, Facebook views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like views, sponsors, this, that. Yeah. We run businesses. Yeah. So your, your, your interest on views and likes isn't that much. They have to rely on that. Yeah. So if you can take snips or try and do small bits of kind of take bits away from them and yeah. mix it with being able to. Well, just like you're doing on the stage, right? You're like, you got to get but, the entertainment and the information but correct. It's, like I, I would call it infotainment. You got to be able to do that. But it, but give it, people the info, <laughs> but also entertain them. Infotainment. But, but infotainment. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's also a fact of like you know you are doing the reps in terms of like conversation skills and all this kind of stuff as well. Like you, you're getting a lot out of it. You you're doing the reps in, in creating video content as well. So like when you're speaking to people. In a public domain, you know, th think of how many men. I see all, every video that I'm seeing going viral now. Think of Jordan Peterson. He isn't sitting down in front of a ring light. Nah. He's nah. getting interviewed. Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. Rogan's never. Do you know what I mean? He's not doing a motivational talking in the camera. Yeah. And I, th I think that still works. It clearly still does. Yeah. I th we did two the other day, but I think the. There's two. Uh, there's, va there's, there's, there's value. No movement. There's no hand. There's value. There's value in both in both sides of it. You've got you've got all the content that you can rip out out the back end of a podcast for all your tiktoks and everything like that yeah. so now you, for some for someone like you and you, you just you know you grab all your content from your podcast and you grab all your content from your like your street interviews which is just you chatting which is what you do on a normal day-to-day -day basis anyway it's easy right yeah. whereas when you got to sit in front of that ring light and 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 say here's like fucking whatever you got to say in terms of fitness you've got to actually think about how you're going to create that content i'm good at that right with so is Smith. So, but we've I've done that for like four years, yeah. four or five years. Yeah. So now I'm like, I I press record one day, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm fucking bored of this. <laughs> I was like, I'm bored of this. Yeah. And then someone that's quite close to me, they were like, You're best with people. Yeah. So oh, be with people. Energy. Yeah. It's a totally different energy. And yeah. like, even my my last TikTok, one of them got over 1.5 million views. Like, Shit, really? On TikTok, yeah. I gained like 20,000 followers in like two days. Dude, what are you saying about these the fuckers on TikTok, by the way? Jesus, them motherfuckers are ruthless. And people commenting. Yeah, but they're good. I like it. Oh, do you like it? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah because the engagement. It's the engagement. Well, Max, Max, actually, I was telling Frankie before, I don't even have that app on my phone because I started it, started blowing up and now. He, and start, he, start, he starts He starts. to fight them. I Stop being like, fuck you. And Mac yeah. was like, delete the app. So Mac actually runs my whole TikTok now. Yeah. But I think it's doing all right. No, no, it's good. I've, I've, I've been looking. It's doing all right. Aye. You know what? What's happening here? What's, what's the content like? <laughs> I don't even know. You know what's crazy? When I was chatting to Luke, right? I was chatting to Luke about this. And because it sounds weird. Like, you have to think about Instagram, Facebook. But, and it's sometimes hard to let go of what you're used to, right? Yeah. So on TikTok, I looked at how many posts I've had on Instagram. And there's over 3,000 posts, right? And I was like... Luke was like, if you posted four or five videos a day. Yeah. Gary V reckons three minimum. Yeah, minimum. Yeah. If you posted four or five videos a day yeah. from your post that you've already done, yes. you're probably going to gain 200,000 followers anyway. Yeah. There's 3,000. Like yeah. my phone is full of videos I've made. And yeah. I'm going back going, shit, I forgot about that one. I forgot yeah, about that yeah, one. Yeah. So my whole resistance about TikTok was I'm not a seven-year-old girl. But then Gary V said that. He said, well, like to demonize new technology. And he said, and a while ago, Facebook started was only for students. Now it's full of grandmas. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. And the fact that Instagram's changing so much because they're just copying TikTok. 
Because all of it, most the, of the eyes are on TikTok. So, so Instagram, so, I just copy. So, them. so J- J- you, you and James are both aware of this, but like you know, because it's what you're doing now currently. It's like you're just putting out videos. You're not putting out photos. Do you know what I mean? Like the fo- photos on Instagram are, are, are dead engagement. You're not going to get nothing on a photo. Yeah, and you're also um, what I think people need to realize as well. I guess content creators is uh, Facebook. Instagram is going to become what Facebook is now. And then TikTok's going to become the popularity of Instagram. Because, for example, say, I don't know, my mum and dad, they have Instagram, but they have it because of me, just yeah. to see what I'm doing. Yeah. That's why my mum has Instagram to see what you're doing as well. What's your name? Oh, tonight, she's not, no, she's at the caravan or something. Nina yeah. Malt's coming home. But, like, for example, they're usually on Facebook. And then we're kind of stuck on Instagram. Everyone's like, all the young kids are on TikTok, blah, blah. But yeah. those young kids are going to have money one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And when TikTok has a call of fucking action that's good enough, mm-hmm. people are going to regret not being... They're going to put, ad- they'll put ads on there. Yeah. Have they got ads on yet? They have, aren't they? They've they? they got, they got, they got loads of ads. But, but the, the, what's beautiful about TikTok, which, which hasn't happened on social media before, is that you're, you're pushed out to the hashtags. You're pushed out to the, to the niches, the niches that you... I've noticed t- this on all the platforms now. Like I'm seeing more content that's being suggested to me than what I'm actually following. Yeah, because 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 I'm like I, don't, I, I'm like, I remember this cunt. He's a dick. Why am I being shown his content? Because because at some point in time that you've paid attention to his content, yeah. you've put, you, you think he's a dick, but you still watched it. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? So so now so all now I've, they're showing all you. I've watched something like what he does. But that but that sums up life. You get what you look for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's 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 life mad, in general. Yeah. The, you know, if you go seeking out being unhappy or try or you know seeking out trying you. you you're going to attract it into your life, aren't you? I saw a, I saw a newspaper headline this morning. Someone posted there was three the three headlines in the newspaper were something like Cadbury's double the price on chocolate but half the size of it. The other one was uh, you can watch over the heat and it can kill you. And there was just three headlines where I was like, "Fuck me!" People read that. Wow, people Pe- read that Pe- shit all the time. Th- I seen a guy this morning walking down the street on his own in the summer with one of those big black masks on. Mate, my man watches too much news. Yeah, and too much news. There's n- there's no happiness in 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 news. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's the no, jobs I've to never make people <laughs> pissed off. Well, majority of these people, and it might sound quite negative, but like people think they're too precious without even doing anything in their life. I'm like, you're not that precious, man. You're not doing anything with your life. You're yeah. just living the same day. Yeah, it's my it's marginal. Yeah. Do you know what I read the other? I can't even remember where I read it, but I'm like, social media now. They they. Do you know when sometimes you're like, why did that post get removed and why is that one still allowed to be on? Social media want you to post controversial topics because it keeps people on that platform for longer. That's why negative, po- for me, if I post something negative, it always bangs better than posting something really positive. You know well, what I'm saying? It, it pers- pers- but they even- want you to post that so people argue on your post so they spend longer yeah, on the platform. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you got it when that claw you took out. Uh, well, you got it when she took it down. Uh, I wasn't gutted, but I d- I held back on yeah. there. Smith, he wrote. Well, what, what happened? Oh, she started selling Schmerbel Life, Herbal Life. Who, 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 who's yeah. this? And I can't. Sure. I've had some issues with them in 2018, so I can't really say anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're talking about Bod Boom. No, no, no. Herbal. Oh, Herbal oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I signed something because yeah. I did a video yeah. that went 
Even, when you search my name on Google, I think doing cartel Herbalife comes up. Does it? Because people still look for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so gutted out to bring that down. Yeah. And then she took it down for it. But it but it was the way that you constructed it that allowed them to go for you, wasn't it? Basically, it was one of like my biggest first like viral videos. It got hundreds of thousands of views, loads of shares. I gained followers the next day. Like it was fucking crazy. And then um, apparently he went to uh, Herbalife's Millionaire Club. These are people that make a million plus. The highest level fucking yeah. network yeah. marketers. Went to them. They then, and then when my, my video blew up, Smith had, uh, Smith's got more followers. Then he jumped on it. He did a video and it went, had an even bigger reach. So me and him started doing these crazy videos. But what happened at the time was, uh, then they sent, um, uh, they were going to try to sue us. They're trying to sue us, basically. And uh, I had no assets. <laughs> Which is great. I mean, you got a sick feed. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you got a sick feed. I, I, yeah. I love it how he says, fuck you, I live at home with my mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, his dad's shitting himself because he thinks he's going to lose the house. Yeah. Well, you still at home then? Yeah. We you still at home then? Yeah, oh, shit. I, I was like trying to figure stuff out. I'll talk about it tonight, actually. Yeah. I don't like it. But then... At that point, I was like, just come for me, didn't it? But at that point, Smith has just launched JSA. Yeah. And he's just starting to do okay. Yeah. So I was like, in favor of like Smith, and because we always do his fight, he's like my brother. So yeah. we kind of both took it down. But like, it's not worth it. The message got across. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that video came down. Yeah. Well, Frankie could have helped you bring it down. Yeah. Without yeah. getting sued, eh? To be fair, I, he, he, he fought... <laughs> Four years ago, I was trying to trying to snake him once, right? I don't. Know. <laughs> I was I was I was trying to help the geezer. Do you know what I mean? Um, years 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 ago, right? He came up with a hashtag Neat Up Twenty Four Seven, right? And he was doing really well with it. That was in two thousand and seventeen, right? So, Shit, right? Was it? So two thousand eighteen. Sorry, so cut, you, that's when he came up when he. Yeah, so, 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 right. So I tried. We weren't following each other at the time. I was I was fo I was following him and Smiths. And I was looking after uh, other clients as well that yeah. they know. <laughs> you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all friends, right? Anyway, they know. Anyway, decent, decent level people, right? So, yeah. anyway, it, I was watching these boys on the come up, and obviously they were, they were doing the thing, and he's got this neat up twenty four seven thing. And I thought to myself, has he trademarked it? Has he done this with it? So, because I look after people online, yeah. Yeah. No, he hasn't. So I messaged him. Yeah. No reply, no reply, no reply. Left, left, because I... I know what that's like. He's me being, I still don't get replies. Essentially... I sent him a text, I get a reply three days later. Essentially, I didn't, I didn't, I I, wasn't female, so I wasn't getting through the DMs. So, that's what it was. Essentially, he's like, who's this fucking bull geezer messaging me? So anyway, so I thought to myself, well, he's going to fucking lose this. if So I bought neatup247.com, right? Right, so I bought it. No, I did, legit. Look at the ownership records. I yeah. did bought it. Yeah. I tried to get in contact with him to give him it. Remember? He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, anyway, I, I said, I, I bought this domain for you. And I swear, he's thinking at the time, who's this geezer's bought my, bought my, bought the thing? Because you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so who's this random geezer anyway, right? Tried to give him it. Anyway, I knew he wasn't talking to me. So I thought, ah, oh, I'm going to have to, I need him to be able to get this domain, so I'm going to have to release the domain. I, th I thought you were going to say you put on Alima's wig and take <laughs> Alima's bikini. No, no, no. So, so basically, I basically had to, I had to de delete the, the name out of my account yeah. so that 
when he did get time to register it, <laughs> when he did when he when he did get time to register it, then then he'd be able to register it. So I had to delete it so that he could register it. But I think I th- I don't know what I don't know what he's going to say now. But I think at the time he thought, oh, this guy's just trying to yeah, fucking yeah. steal some shit. You off get me. a bit of that though, don't you? You get a bit. Yeah. Of, you know what it's like now. You get yeah. a bit of fucking snakes in your inbox. Yeah. But like, say like where I'm from and like how I'm raised. Yeah. When someone does something like that, there's an agenda. Yeah. I, I just thought it was fucking nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's he, what does he want? Yeah. What does he want? Gender. Yeah. First thing I thought, smart guy. Saw something trending, bought yeah. it. He's gonna try to make me pay for it. Yeah. That I was yeah. try. I, I was happy. How to, much did you charge him? That I was happy to give it to him. Like it was like it was like nine ninety nine ninety nine ninety nine yeah. for the whatever whatever. We, we'll sort it out at Nando's. But <laughs> you know, it's it's it just it's just it's just it's just crazy in it how how things can be lost in translation with, with things like that. But but another funny story was. With the with, with with you and Smith's fucking funny, right? <laughs> so I had this client, yeah, big big person in the fitness industry. Yeah, I've been looking after that person for for a long time, for to protect protect protecting their brand, right? Anyway, I'm protecting them. These boys pop up. I'm watching all their content. I'm enjoying it. I'm following them. Rah, rah, rah. Cool. I love what they're doing. A few months go by. They've they've attacked fucking Schmerber life. They've attacked. Body boom over here. They're attacking every fucker. They're attacking, attacking Ashy Bynes. Is that or, even still a thing, by the way? But yeah, but but but, the, but, these, but these boys are creating all this viral content, calling out all the bullshit of the fitness industry. Loving life, loving life. Next thing you know, I get a fucking message from fucking your client, but not from my specific client, but from her team. Um, oh, this this guy, this guy's this guy's going after this guy's going after this client, right? This guy's going after this client. So, so I think, oh, who is it? So, I had to, <laughs> I had, to I had to message Smith. So I was sending my voice out. I was just like, bro, like, man, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pull down this fucking post anyway. If you fucking, if you like, do you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is, this is the thing, and we had to sort it out. I'm actually in the DMs, but he did. But to be honest, not only did, not only did he pull down the post, but in the future, he then, he then realised that she was actually. A nice person and and it went on from there i'm not gonna lie the only reason i said influencer was i thought you were talking about someone else but then I'll yeah say the name because you're gonna beep it out but um that person's alleged yeah yeah, yeah. really cool really cool yeah person. really cool do you ever worry about that if you're gonna call someone out do you ever worry about do you sometimes think it might be a cool person or have you because a lot of the time i always think like even like you know when you messaged me. I looked at your whole profile, bro. I was like, "What this guy like? How does he stand when he takes a picture?" We'll say a lot about him. I look- <laughs> how did I stand when I took a picture? I thought there was like some. Not, not <laughs> but I was like, not an agenda, but there's. I know he wants to do something together or something in the future. And funny enough, we're doing a podcast. Mad. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You had obviously good intentions or whatnot, but there's always something which is fine when it's like give or take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, right. Yeah. So, but when with um, uh, that sort of stuff, yeah. for me it was always like I think you can really tell uh, a lot about the sort of people that do sell that sort of thing yeah. anyway yeah. but when I'm like either I wouldn't say I don't want to say attacking but it kind of is I guess calling them out yeah. when people are like you shouldn't do that mental health you shouldn't do that I'm like what to bring one person down right whatever the fuck they're going through to save thousands of people fuck that person I don't give a fuck yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, people yeah. don't think of that they don't think about the uh, vulnerable women at home that are depressed because of their weight. And you see some in your game, mate. You see some mad shit. Yeah. yeah you do. 
Like, and, I'm like, and, really? And by the, putting that thing around your waist helps you get shredded. Wow. And only, like, you actually coach people. Yeah. And you see how people get affected by all this stuff. These people that sell this stuff and that have millions of followers, they don't have interaction with no. their fans. They well, sometimes it's not even them posting, man. Sometimes they have a team posting. They do events and don't even meet the people that have come to see them. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's like, fuck that person. I don't give a fuck. I love it. Man. I'd love to see him in person as well. And when I do, I'm exactly the same. I'll be like, yeah, you're shit. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. There's, there's a lot that goes on, especially in the fitness industry and especially around those kind of brands that kind of doesn't sit well. You know, that's all I'm going to say. Because well, I, I have and to you be know what I correct. actually think. I don't think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get worse. 100%. Because people are looking for faster, easier, yeah. simpler, if, uh, convenience. If you, if, 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 look, you and I both know that if, someone's, if someone said, hey, you can work out for 12 weeks on a calorie deficit and you can lose weight, or we'll sell you this pill for thirty nine ninety nine. Oh, I'd take the pill. And you'd take the pill, wouldn't you? And, that, and, that, and, that's, and that's the problem. The problem that it's not the, the content that... You, you're putting out there is not factual. It's the fact that the people don't like don't the truth. Do, we don't Pe want to do the work. Humans do not like the truth because the truth is very confrontational. Whether it's positive or whether it's negative, it's very confrontational because you can't argue with it and you know it. So people try and steer away from it. Yeah. Oh, but we've got, we got, we got to wrap this podcast up, boys, because you're taking us to Nando's, isn't you, Paul? I'm, mate, I'll tell you where I'm taking you. West Oak Crown Primary to pick me children up from school. Yeah. I'm a real guy. I'm, yeah, a, real, I'm yeah. a real dad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you can come. Nina, yeah. I'll be buzzing. Yeah. He's, he's actually a real dad. Yeah, like, I'm a real dad. I'm doing see, see, me, me, I'm doing wait, a real dad. Do you know what the thing is? The thing is, you, you sat in here with two guys that left our responsibilities in Australia. <laughs> 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 do you know what? You know, I was talking about being a dad the other day. Yeah. I was on a who's. I was on another podcast and we're talking about actually it wasn't don't mention his name because he's not getting no promotion no. <laughs> <laughs> I did a Q&A for Andy's Man Club live on Tuesday night and someone who just became a dad they were like how did a dad change life I said being a dad's like a business right you'll get it's the it's the most challenging thing but it's also the most rewarding thing do, do you know what like, and you're just fucking winging it still being like business, most people are just, you can have a plan but we're, we're really just winging it being a dad is the highest taxed industry in the world Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Last night we had fun, actually. Nina's decided. So Nina now comes to every single jiu-jitsu session that I go to. She just likes to be around the boys, wanders around, watches, does a bit. I don't even know what she's doing when I'm training. And last night she said, Dad, I want to go to an extra class. So I took her to a new gym. All boys, all bigger than her, didn't give a fuck. Just fucking plowed in. I was loving it. And I saw she's only doing that because she's been following me training and coming yeah, to training. Yeah, yeah. Comes all the time. What like so when people chat to me about this stuff, they're like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to, I, I definitely want the kid like soon, as soon as I can have a like family, uh, like, 100. percent You're you're in on that straight away. I'll I'll, I'll breed straight away. <laughs> I'll breed. Yeah, I know it sounds crazy, yeah, but yeah. when people say they don't want to have kids and stuff, I'm always a bit like, okay, that's your your life. I'm yeah. cool with that. Yeah. But I'm like, why else are you on earth? <laughs> I know it sounds yeah. crazy, but like. Yeah. What what other purpose do you have? Business, fame, money, Instagram, all this shit. They're all things that you, you can always feel better when you have more of it. But like, if you your own blood and you have a kid, right? It's quite scary as well, though, you know. It's quite yeah. a scary thing. Yes. Do you know, especially, uh, especially as a man, we don't have it harder. It's fucking, it's actually, I say it's challenging that, but it's easy compared to being a mum. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, yeah, no, but no. But actually, yeah. the first couple of years, you feel quite useless. You can't fucking do. You literally, you can't do anything. Like all you need, it's it's just. I what for the first two years of Max's life, I was living in Spain. I was a fucking wreckhead. I can't even remember it. 
But the first three years of Nina's life, I was quite useless. What do you do? A woman's got purpose. I was like, well, how can I? Yeah, I because really. they've, they've got to provide for this human that they've obviously given birth yeah. to. Yeah. And you kind of get pushed. And you get pushed out a little bit as well, though. Because suddenly you're not the center of your fucking missus' universe anymore. Do you know what I mean? You're not. You're not that. The connection's still there, but it's actually there's someone else in the way. There's someone else on her tits. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's someone else sucking her tits now. Oh, oh, this is hilarious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Someone else destroyed her vagina. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry, Leslie. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Wasn't that for you, like, but you were there providing, no? Yeah. So, like, that yeah. was, I guess that was your job. But even in them first two years, it's not as though you can buy them anything that's useful. Do you know what I mean? Like, now I'm like, Max has got a PS5 or I'm fucking taking them to Dubai or something. But, like, then it's like, well, what am I doing? Buying nappies? But at least, like, you created that, I guess, safety where Leslie could yes. do all of that. Yeah. You know, whereas, yeah. Yeah, I know people feel weird. Like, oh, man, man, both parties should work and blah, blah, blah. Sounds mad, but, like, I come from a very old school, like, Turkish family, right? So, dad bang the cheese home. Yeah. Mum looked after the kids. Yeah. Mum helped with work as we got older. Yeah. But, like, it sounds crazy, but majority of relationships I've seen, they've always actually done better in that system. I'm not yeah. saying you should do that, but anytime I... We've got role reversal now. Leslie's the hustler. She's in London now. I want to course. I'm here chatting shit with two. But no, but she hustles differently though. Are very different. Mm. Add, like you, you got you. you I talk. You got you, you. got. I think in any relationship you have with anyone, you got to you got to find roles so you can play ping pong with them. You want to be. Yeah, you want roles. you basically you basically want to find the role that suits you the best because you want you want a partner that can is get you hit the ball to them and they hit the ball back to you. So many relationships these days you. People are trying to serve fucking aces towards each other. Yeah, and I think, and I that, think, and then that becomes a dick swing competition. I think that we try and meet people. We, we want to get in relationships with people that are like us. But imagine being in a relationship with someone like you. Le yeah, I'm the, the opposite. You need, you need to, be, you need to, you need to be in in a relationship with someone that brings the best out of you and questions things that you're thinking in different areas to raise your fucking level. You don't want to be in a relationship with someone who's the same as you because then, then you just that's kind of that's a recipe for disaster yeah. in my opinion. Like hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like if you hang say yes to everything. Yeah. Right. That's not healthy. Man. Yeah, you Oh I know man. I saw. Right. What time is it, Mark? Gives a knock uh three. What time? What time you got to finish it? Nina finishes twenty five. We'll we'll, we'll we'll wrap we'll wrap this up. <laughs> we'll wrap this up here. Much love guys and uh thank you for coming on and Duran. Thank you so much for showing. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is a random. This is a random. You think I came here for you yeah. guys? I want the clips. <laughs> we're, on, we're on Jonathan Ross. I feel like we should have a fucking band to close out the show. Yeah. Like a singer to close this, out the show. This, this, is, this is the most random end into a Frankie Lee podcast I've ever had. But guys, we'll wrap that up there. We've got to go to school. We, we got to go to school, pick up Paul's kids, and uh, <laughs> wrestle them in a car. Thank you guys for joining into the Frankie Lee podcast. Uh, we'll be. This will be live very, very soon. And on the next episode, we won't have bigger stars because we're the biggest I've had. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, you, you're on the next episode, but on your own, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it. Doing it, but it no, we're doing it here, are we? When? Sometime. Yeah. Do you live here? Nah, I live in Peterborough. <laughs> But was uh, close to London. Right, yeah, what right. you're seeing here, you guys, is uh, the uh, Frankie's level of organisation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be for tomorrow, just so you know. Right, okay, cool. That's mad. Right, guys, much hey, love. Thank you so much. Same. Peace out, peace out. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.